It's 28 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is sending troops to the U.S.-Mexico border. Trump signed a proclamation Wednesday authorizing the use of the National Guard to help secure the border against drug trafficking and illegal immigration. The declaration says the security of the U.S. is imperiled by a drastic surge of illegal activity on the southern border. Two of the three YouTube shooting victims are out of the hospital and the third is improving. Officials at Zuckerberg General Hospital in San Francisco say the two women were released released Tuesday night, and the condition of the male victim has been upgraded from critical to serious. Their names haven't been released, but they range in age from 27 to 36. They were shot at the company's San Bruno campus Tuesday by a woman who police believe was upset about YouTube's content policies. That woman, identified as Nassim Agdam, died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Officials say the city of Pittsburgh remembered three police officers ambushed in Stanton Heights nine years ago yesterday. Police say Richard Poplowski was heavily armed when he ambushed officers Paul Shulo, Stephen Maley, and Eric Kelly on April 4, 2009. Popolowski was convicted and sentenced to death in 2011. That shooting was the deadliest day for law enforcement in Pittsburgh's history. Pittsburgh has ranked in the top 20 among cities with the most dog parks. The Trust for Public Land has compiled the annual list since 2009 and says since then there's been a 40% increase in dog parks nationwide. The list is compiled by one park per 100,000 residents. Pittsburgh is number 13 out of 100 U.S. cities. Pittsburgh has seven dog parks. Boise, Idaho ranked number one with 15. And for those of us who love our animals and treat them as a member of family, uh, like a member the family will go to any lengths to make them healthy and happy. So there's only part of the story that seems weird to me. A 35-year-old guy was speeding and swerving through Wayne, New Jersey on Saturday night when police pulled him over. He was slurring his speech and making strange hand movements, so police knew he was on something but weren't sure what. Then they spotted a bottle in his hand. It wasn't booze or drugs. It was a mood enhancement medicine for his cat. He had been chugging catnip cocktail, which is a drink for cats that's supposed to help them with anxiety. And there's a huge warning in it that says it's not safe for people. The guy was charged with driving while intoxicated and reckless driving. The guy's drinking pussycat Prozac. I think so. (laughs) He's all jammed up. The Beatles' 1968 animated film Yellow Submarine set to return to theaters in celebration of its 50th anniversary. The new 4K digitally restored version of the film will also feature new 5.1 stereo surround sound remix and will hit theaters across North America this July. For more information and tickets, go to yellowsubmarine.film. Bon Jovi forced to cancel two planned concerts in Montreal due to band and crew members being hit by the flu. The band yesterday took to Twitter to announce tickets for last night's show will be honored May 17th. Tickets for tonight's show, good on May 18th. The band is currently on its This House Is Not For Sale tour in support of their album of the same name. Bon Jovi being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on April 14th in Cleveland. And as the ceremony into the Hall of Fame uh, nears, the hall is extending its hours on certain days. Rock Hall Vice President of Marketing Todd Messick said the hours give people more time to enjoy the extra festivities surrounding the induction. The Saturday fans can browse exhibits between 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. April 12th, the hall will be open 10 to 9 and on the 13th from 8 to 4. Celebration Day is set for this Saturday, which features a bunch of live music and fireworks. The sold-out 33rd annual induction ceremony, as I said, April 14th, and uh, that's going to be at the Public Auditorium in Cleveland. Just mentioned Bon Jovi. Also, the Cars, Dire Straits, 
The Moody Blues, Nina Simone, and Sister Rosetta Tharp will be inducted. Finally, a 12-person jury has been selected in Bill Cosby's sexual assault retrial. Panel consists of seven men and five women. Six alternates still need to be selected. Cosby is charged with drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand at his Philly area mansion in 2004. He's denied the charges. His first trial ended in a hung jury. This trial set to begin on Monday. Windy and cold flurries today, low 40s for the high. It is 28 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show. A little bit later on this morning, comedians Ian Bag and Joe Bartnick will be live in studio hanging out with us. Ian's at the Improv all weekend long. And Joe is going to be appearing at the Benningham Center with Bill Burr. Two shows. Uh, first show sold out. Still tickets for the second show at trustarts.org. The other day, we had a chance to sit, and uh, Joey was here for this, and talk with Mike Lang, and it was oh, extraordinary. Tremendous. And so I want to play part one of that conversation for you right now because it was later in the show, and if you didn't have a chance to hear it, uh, this was our uh, conversation with uh, a very uh, sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to say contemplative. But, lucid, and, uh, lucid and reflective. Um, reflective, for sure. There's no doubt about it, man. Uh, here's Mike Lang. Check this out. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now, he's the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. On the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network broadcast on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, live in person, Mike Lang. Oh, boy, look at you, Mike. Nice, 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 nice to be here. It is. Man, it's so rare we get the in-studio appearance. Today was a beautiful day. They just put some new computers (laughs) out Computers on McKnight Road, and that's going to solve all the traffic problems. Unfortunately, uh, they're backed up for about four miles. Oh, no kidding. We made it. We got here. You got in here. You brought the bagels, as is your tradition. I love it. I love it. And uh, they were willing and waiting for me, and... uh, Stack the uh, baker's dozen in there, so you guys can have a nice little. You know, anybody oh, gets up as treat. early as these guys do, Joe. Uh, you know, I mean, we got to give them a little something. Oh, absolutely! You yeah. come with gifts. You're the best. You're the Hall of Famer. Well, they've uh, they've helped make that. They, they've been uh, good friends here for many, many years. No, you know, Mike. I just, I'm just going to say this. I'm, not, I'm sorry if I'm taking. If you're going to go, feel, Joe. Honestly, uh, me and my grandfather have been listening since the '70s. Other than the Big Four. You're, you know, the big four. You're the, you're the most important Pittsburgh Penguin. <laughs> I like that. Well, when, wow. when, when we stunk, when we stunk, everyone's like, well, the announcer's great, though. When people wanted to listen to you and you've been the best. Everyone around, I do a podcast, everyone around the country knows who you are. They love your calls. You're an institution. You're a legend. I'm honored sitting here. I'm sorry I get emotional. <laughs> and you know what's really funny? Just a quick story. When I came here, uh, I came out of necessity because a team that I... I had worked my way to San Diego and thinking I was going to be there the rest of my life because I'm from California. Mm-hmm. And that's where you are now, right? Yes. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so the World Hockey Association came in and it ruined, it, it killed our league. It killed the Western Hockey League, which San Diego was one of the teams. So I had to find a job. And I kind of scrambled and I got a little help from Max McNabb, uh, who was the general manager and a contact here in Pittsburgh, and KDK Radio. And we can talk about it because this is old radio. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, actually ended up hiring me. And I thought perhaps I might be here one or two years. Yeah. Well, once you're here. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, Randy. <laughs> same I, I Everybody Randy has when he first that came. story. I've told him when he first came. It's, it'll grow on you, and then you'll grow on it. And, you uh, did. You and told me And then where the loyalty hits, and it's just it's an amazing place. 
but it, it's amazing how it does turn out. And it's uh, fortunate for me that I was here, and uh, I wouldn't change anything in the world the way it turned out. And so yeah. I, I don't miss the days on the uh, the beach and the weather because I probably wouldn't be here with the uh, with some trouble that I've had with skin from being a kid living out there all oh, my yeah. life. So it's in been a fortunate sun. thing. Yeah, I love yeah. hearing these kinds of stories. I mean, I, I, I talked to Brett Kiesel. It was sort of at the end of his career, and I said, did you think you'd have this long of a career yeah. with the Steelers? He said, I didn't think I'd make it through my first contract. Yeah, I thought they would cut me, and now he's Steeler for life, Pittsburgher for life. He still lives here. It's it's just like you said, it gets it gets into your veins. I know, and you guys are – everybody's so TV-oriented right now. Uh, but in the days in the 70s, and Joe knows this for a fact, the games were on radio. Mm-hmm. They weren't on TV, mm-hmm. and I was the only one working. That was it. Yeah. It was me, my bags, and uh, we had engineers in the, in the big leagues. Uh, in the minor leagues, you didn't. You carried all your stuff, and you worked with it uh, and set up everything. But it was a one-man show, and uh, I can remember the opening night in Minnesota going in there, and I was, you know, the nerves were there, and uh, I got through it. And uh, Pierre LaRouche had a breakaway goal and had – in the opener, Cesar Maniago was the goaltender, and the Penguins won the game. So it was like uh, an exhilarating moment for me uh, to be able to do it. So it was, it just kind of grew from there, and uh, we had a pretty good team. And uh, there's just so many fond memories of uh, of being here early. And then, they, you know, it kind of turned to the downside. You got to kind of work with it, and uh, we built it up. We, we had a fight. I mean, the Pirates and Steelers at that point were gigantic, you know, in those 70s. I mean, they were the biggest teams, and we were like the throwaway and so we just slowly, surely, but build up on it and, uh, and, and made our way up the ladder until uh, and the big guy came and they kind of turned <laughs> things around uh, for making it a, a viable franchise yeah. in, in the area. So the growth of it, what's happened with it, the history, uh, to be here at this time and still doing games and five cups, I mean, I'll bless the mind. So, yeah, five cups. Uh, yeah. Well, so. you, you know, you did your share of opening days uh, for the Buccos, too. Uh, you yeah, television? I did one. I, I was there two years. Two I did years. two years, and uh, that was the uh, in '86, '87. Jimmy Leland's rookie year as a manager, uh, Barry Bonds' rookie year as a player, and uh, they lost 98 games that year. I think. No. Uh, and I, <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. I'd put that team up against anything in the major leagues today. Yeah. Because it's, to me, it's it's quite a bit. It's the solution is is quite obvious to me in uh, in, in the major leagues. Even that team was was pretty decent. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I got a chance to do Major League Baseball. I'd done something for the Giants uh, filling stuff when I was in San Diego. Uh, but got an opportunity, and it was uh, Mac Prime was the man that asked me to uh, step in. I got two years' worth with Steve Blass, and he's a, you know, lifelong friend now yeah. and, and a dear friend. So I've got a lot of good things to be uh, thankful for, for for the time that I've been here. So that that same sort of gratitude that you're feeling right now is uh, what I think some people are tagging the Penguins with right now. Their belly's full. Tough to keep the fire. We got five cups. Sid's yeah. got three right now. Yeah. Every accolade under the sun. How does he keep the drive to want to keep doing it over and over again? For me, I mean, it's easy. I mean, uh, the, the, the games are my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I am. Right. I mean, I love working the games. Everything around us surrounding it's not difficult, but it's it's part of the process and preparation and all the work that goes into it. When they turn the mic on, I mean, that's center stage. You guys know that. Hey, uh, Randy, you perform. You have, you've been around that. You know, that's that moment. And uh, yeah. that moment just takes takes control of you, and it's what you wanted to do your whole life. And so you step in and do it. I think if I was doing anything else, it would probably be somewhat the same. But in this particular case, 
for me, it's just so enjoyable. And uh, I've done baseball, uh, and I've done soccer, and I've done a lot of different things. The same for me, broadcasting-wise, it's the same thing. It's focus. You have to concentrate. If you don't in what you're doing, uh, you make one mistake, and you're off, you're off kilter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that, it's that focus that keeps you going, and, uh, and you try and have fun with it. You try, you're an entertainer. You're having fun with it. I yeah. hope, hope that I mean, to me anyway. You know, there's so many games. Uh, you better enjoy it. <laughs> How do you keep from? Here's the one thing that I think distinguishes you from so many other people, aside from just you know your your character and tone, uh, the independence from opinion, from interjecting as a color analyst and staying, you know, very down the line. Here's yeah. what's happening, not what I think should or or why it's happening. Yeah. This is just what's happening. Do you ever curb that urge, or are you so disciplined now that it doesn't come out so much? Well, because I've seen I've seen the good, and I've seen the ugly. So I mean, it's it's all uh, players that play for teams and work. I mean, to to pinpoint their total mistakes isn't going to do me any good. I mean, uh, and if there's an obvious one, I mean, I think we've been pretty forthright in saying things about it, but. I learned a long time ago, particularly early on after we got through the, the, the 70s, where we were fairly decent, we were fair to medium, and then we turned on the, on the poor side, that I have a lot of uh, respect for other players on other teams that actually are a big part of my work. And the reason it is, if I want to put people in the seats and try and do, uh, mm-hmm. make them come, I've got to acknowledge and say that these guys, I want you to see them play. I want you to see Guy yeah. Lafleur play. Yeah, I want you to see these guys because you really are in for a special treat, and that kind of served me well because I always appreciate what both teams do, and then I try and give you an honest opinion of what the game is. But no, there's no question. I mean, where the loyalty goes, I mean, uh, yeah. the voice comes up, and, and mm-hmm. where we are, and you're with them every day. I mean, let's be honest. We're we're family, and we're all together. Uh, right. uh, to just turn your nose up at it is not is not going to happen because you're not. You're not a part of that. So uh, those are the parameters that I kind of work with and, and have used over the years. And, uh, and again, I, I try and have some fun with it, too, when we do them. Do you count games? Pardon me? Do you count your games? I do not count my games, Mike. I, I've never. You hear it. that every once in a while. So and so did his 1,000th game. I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about I know. I laugh. I laugh yeah. when I hear it's somebody It's a pretty big say, number, isn't it? Yes, but I, I, I laugh. <laughs> I, I really don't want to know, to be honest with you. I'm okay. I'm okay as long as I keep, keep going, I'm all right. So you, You've probably uh, been asked this a million times, but did you have, I'm sure you've honed it over the years, but did you have the iconic goal calls like right from the jump? And can you remember your oldest goal call? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I will just preface it by telling you that when I grew up, I grew up in Sacramento, I used to listen to a, a, a play-by-play guy by the name of Bill King. And Bill mm-hmm. King, after situations and, and highlights of touchdowns for the Raiders and or the San Francisco Warriors in, in particular moments, would just go, holy Toledo. And I would listen to that. And all our guys, we'd all listen to the games together and everything. And I just said to myself, if I ever get into this business, if I ever get I'm going to have to do something different and unique. And so that's where the ideas came from. And it built upon that. When I got to Phoenix, my first job, uh, I worked with a gentleman there who had a few phrases that he used. And uh, one of them was great balls of fire. And when he went to the Suns, and he's still there as a broadcaster for the Suns. He's the oldest tenured broadcaster in, in the history of the NBA, Al McCoy's his name. I asked him when I took over, I said, 
can I use uh, Great Falls of Fire? And he said, oh, I would be more than honored to have you do that. <laughs> and so that was the first time that I, that oh, I actually used awesome. it. And when I got to Pittsburgh, I mean, let's be fair. Rosie Rosewell, Bob Prince, Myron Cope. I'm, a, I'm on the low on the charts competing as far as being <laughs> oh, a different type of broadcaster. <laughs> and now I come here with this little bit of, of, uh, of difference or wrinkle. I mean, I, I honestly thank the guy upstairs. He moved me to the right spot. He told me, this is where you got to go, son. And he moved me to yeah. Pittsburgh, and look what's happened. I mean, it's just I, I fit in because of what I do and the difference in, uh, in how I approach the game. So, I never thought about yeah. how unique those broadcasters oh, are. Oh, they're that, so unbelievable. That you just, I mean, I've always appreciated their greatness, but yeah. we're talking about, like, just not cookie-cutter great. No. Like, oh, we're lucky we had the same kind of quarterback. Like, you guys all had a very distinct style that yet somehow co- is, like, cohesive with the Pittsburgh ethos. I, mean, I think that Rosie Rosewell actually was the guy that kind of instant, uh instituted this uh, in the area because the gunner, I believe, had to borrow from him. Mm-hmm. Gunner didn't start doing pirate games till I think he was 38 years old. And Rosie used to yeah. do games off the ticker. Absolutely, yeah. He didn't travel to I the I did Rosie. those in college. I did them in college. Really? Yes, I did, yeah. I did them off the ticker really? for Sacramento State. I absolutely. It was a ball. It was fun. Yeah, we had oh. the bat and everything. You did the sound effects the whole deal? Absolutely. Like wow. in the sting? Yeah, yeah, it was terrific. <laughs> we would have the PR guy on the road on baseball. And he would uh, give us the, we would call in innings and he'd give us the what happened in the inning. And then we re- recreated it and worked with it. So, uh, you know, it was just part of a college education, but it was a lot of fun to do. It was, it was really good. Mike. DVE Sports. DVE Morning Show. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you right now. Tim, what's going on? Well, let's follow up with the Penguins theme after hearing Mike Lang to start the show. Penguins in Columbus on the exit seven. Huge game in the Metro. As of now, the two teams are tied for second place with 96 points. Both clubs have one game remaining after this. Pittsburgh hosts Ottawa on Friday, while CBJ taking on Nashville on Saturday. It's entirely possible these two Metro teams could meet up in the playoffs in the first round. Penguins eliminated Columbus in five games last year in the first round. They've also won all three games during this season, two via shootout. Patrick Hornquist talks about the familiarity between the clubs. We played them so many times here the last three years, so we know exactly what they're all about, and they know exactly mm-hmm. what we are all about. So they're hard games. They, they, they really like to you know, rim the puck and then go on the forecheck, so we just have to make sure we're coming out quicker and end zone them playing with a five-man unit, that's going to be key against them because they forecheck so hard. And, and then when we have the puck, we have to make sure we control it and, and don't give it away to them. How good has he been this year, Hornquist? Oh, my God. I mean, you talk about a guy who's consistently been good whenever available. It's been him. He's been banged up here and there, but when he's played, I, I think he's had an excellence. Like, even above what we've seen from him as a Penguin, he's been more, I think, depth to his offensive game. Setting people up. Scoring goals aside from just the tip-ins and the typical Hornquist kind of goals, mm-hmm. I think there's been some more versatility to his game offensively. And after you sign a big contract, a lot of times, you know, the spotlight is on you and people scrutinize your, pro- your, your production a little bit more and he's only ramped it up. Right, exactly. I think he's been every bit as good after the deal as he was before the deal. I just found out who he sounds like to me. He sounds like the composer in the money pit. You know, um, Alexander Goodenough. <laughs> yeah. We played him so many times here the last three years, so we know. He does. You're right. <laughs> you paint up and down. <laughs> Long strokes. <laughs> uh, former Penguin Ian Cole says the Blue Jackets shouldn't be put off by Pittsburgh's recent success. Uh, 
know they're a good team. I know they've had some success in the past, but uh, you know, right now we're we're pretty happy and, and pretty excited with with the way we're trending. Uh, so we're going to try to continue that tomorrow. And tomorrow's now tonight. As for Phil Kessel, he hopes to play Derek Broussard and Carter Rowney. Didn't practice yesterday. Kessel did. A couple of the big games: of the NHL Flyers host the Hurricanes. The Panthers are taking on. Um, the Boston Bruins and the Devils are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Philly is just one point behind New Jersey for the top wild card spot. The Devils have 95 points. Panthers are clinging for playoff life with 90. That's four behind Philadelphia. Pirates, they lost their first game of the year, 7-3 against the Twins in the snowstorm. Josh Bell homered. Colin Moran had an RBI in the loss. Boy, that was a sparse scene last night at PNC Park, wasn't it? I drove past it. And uh, it didn't look like there was anybody, like, parking or, tra- like, it was 7 o'clock, and I wandered into what should have been PNC Park traffic, because the roads were closed, and I was trying to get on 28, I was like, damn it, I forgot there's a Pirates game, and then I was like, wait a minute, where is everybody? And it was 7 o'clock. It Not was a really Pirates game. It was a really pretty scene, actually. I live across the river in a building downtown, and you look across into center field from my building. From oh, when it was porch, snowing? It looked like a snow globe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Matt Sunday, great photographer for DK Pittsburgh Sports, he had a fantastic shot after the game. I think it was the guy who was the closer in for Minnesota catching the snow in his mouth, like oh, yeah. <laughs> catching snowflakes on his tongue. That's hilarious. It's, it looked fantastic. I mean, it really did have a great image to it, except you're playing baseball there. Right. Not also, football. I had enough of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It looked fantastic if it was December on Christmas yeah. Day or something like that. Golf Masters getting underway. There's a right of spring, right? Tiger Woods tees off at 8.40. Actually, take that back, 10.40. It starts at 8.30. Woods on ESPN saying, eh, he's mellowed. Not quite the same intensity as it was you know, back in 2001 uh, because it was a nine-month buildup. Uh, this is very different. This is a minute for me, basically, what, month and a half, two months of, of a buildup. So it hasn't been that bad for me. Back to golf in just one second. Steelers news. James Harrison says he wants to keep playing. He's a free agent. Patriots haven't retained his services yet. He tells ESPN he'd like to play somewhere after the draft. If he does, he'll be the fifth player in NFL history to play defensively after the age of 40. Do you have the other ones? Uh, Junior Seau, Clay Matthews, Daryl Green, and I have to look up who the fourth one was. Oh, wow. But he would be the fifth. That's I pretty good list. Player. I didn't realize Clay Matthews was that old. Oh, he played until he was about 42. 40, like, wow. As an inside linebacker, he stuck around for a long time. Uh, Mike's not here because of the frozen forts in Minneapolis, Ohio State, and Minnesota Duluth. The early game at 6, 9.30, Michigan and Notre Dame. And back to that thing about golf. Did you guys see the highlights from the par three? Yeah. The two notable holes in one, the first of which was Jack Nicholas is playing with his grandson caddying for him, who's now 15. And he stroked a hole in one as a 15 year old, just yeah. nailed it. In front of his dad at the Masters. It, it, or gra- grandfather, grandfather at the Masters. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so that was awesome. fantastic. And then Tony Finau <laughs> says he wants to play today after yesterday pulling a Bill Grammatica <laughs> where he was celebrating, hitting a hole in one, turns around and jumps to the crowd and lands like a rebounder in an NBA game on the outside of his foot, Yeah, you could blatantly see the ankle pop out of its socket to the point that it was a close-up behind him. You could see him pop it back in again. Ah, We've got the close-up on the Trib today over at the uh, Breakfast with Ben's page. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure you haven't had your morning coffee, and <laughs> banana or bagel or whatever. It's yeah. a little disconcerting. Oh man! But uh, he says he wants to play. It was not- he had his kid caddying with him too. I wonder yeah. what the little kid thought. There's dad limping his way down towards the green after this great golf moment. Uh, it was it was pretty awful. On I've one never, hand, really proud of you, Dad. On I, the other I, hand, I've never seen anybody have the most athletic and unathletic moment of their life <laughs> at the same time. But the thing is, he actually is a really good basketball player. He's like six four and was apparently a really good basketball player in really? high school. And he goes up. You've seen it before. Rebounder oh, goes yeah. up, comes on the outside of his foot, and he's out four to six weeks. Oh yeah. Him snapping his own ankle back into place was just a savage move, and I right. think he probably did it to shield his kids from seeing their dad. Somewhere Jason Kendall is saying, man, I can't even watch golf anymore. <laughs> oh. That's sports. Thanks, Tim. Pal, what do you got coming up? Well, speaking of golf, some guys really, really love golf, so much so they want to have sex with golf with golf things i'm not that much of a golf fan (laughs) we'll talk about it coming up it's the dbe morning show it is the dbe morning show randy bauman val porter bill crawford good morning everybody um according to accident advice helpline these are the 10 trickiest driving maneuvers it feels like right now I think people are edgy because of the weather not having warmed up yet. Right. And people are in a spot before they even get on the road. Right. Ten toughing, toughest things to uh, achieve whilst driving. Number ten, parking on the left side, like on a one-way street. So, like, driver's side to the curb. Mm-hmm. That's not that, that I hard. I thought that was easier. Yeah. I don't think that's hard. Making an emergency stop. Not clear if that means an emergency break or just slamming on the brakes to avoid a crash. I mean, I don't know how difficult that is. You just, <laughs> and is that emotionally traumatic? I mean, it really depends on how good your brakes are. My brakes are too good. I got a forerunner, and they have those brakes that like have the safety brakes. So that if you it, if you hit them kind of hard, even if you don't press all the you way slam down into the windshield. Yes. <laughs> So if you're like quick to the brake, it just automatically assumes you need to stop on that dot, <laughs> which is you have to get used to. Uh, going around a traffic circle, oh, nothing could be easier. Roundabout. Roundabouts are the best. We're getting a lot more of those around. Roundabout. Here. Because they're over in Europe, they're everywhere and they work. It's so much easier. It's so much quicker. It alleviates traffic, I think. Isn't that what the guy, I like it, I like it a lot. Isn't that what that's I from? Like, is it really? I a, think it is. They're putting in a roundabout for that guy? The I like it, I like it It was definitely about so. some change in the road. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I think Slow the hell down! <laughs> no, that was a different guy. That was a guy up on Bigelow. That was a different thing. Uh, getting close enough to the curb when you park. I oh I always get too close. Let me tell you what I used to, too close. How do yeah. you get too yeah, close? Yeah, I always scrape my oh. tires mm-hmm. and scratch my rims. Son of a oh, it's ah. oh, it stings when you do that. You just sit there and oh, I hope it's oh god, that's gonna be bad. You get out of your car and check it out, and it's just your white walls are ripped. If you have white walls, don't, don't you feel like anytime you do that, like people come out of buildings to gawk at you? Like, oh, what did you do to your car? 
if there's a parking spot right in front of the place you want to go, but you have to parallel park to get there and people can look out and watch you, do you avoid it or do you go for it? I go for it. I go for it. I have it. a backup camera. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, the backup camera has really changed the game. Yes. I can't use that thing to park. I love it. I love it too. Uh, oh, it's great for pulling out like when you're in a gro- grocery store parking lot or something when there's a lot of traffic behind you. Like for that reason, I, it's it's great. Ten trickiest driving maneuvers number six, reversing in a straight line. I don't know how often that's. Again, the backup camera. T- yeah, tells you just shows you're going you. Yeah. You have a long line. driveway. I could see that being a, an issue. Pulling forward into a parking spot. What? So don't think uh-huh. about don't think about a shopping mall parking spot. Thinking about like pulling forward onto the side of the road in between two cars. So parallel parking. But pulling in f- front end. First. Oh well, you oh, shouldn't yeah, do that's that. That's tough. Sometimes you have to hurry up and do it because traffic is somebody's behind. up your rear end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making a three point turn in the middle of the street. That's three point turns are easy. That's part of your driving test. Isn't yeah, it? you better figure that out. <laughs> I like this. Reversing around a corner. What the hell are you? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you on Starsky and Hutch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, what mean? are you, the guy from the Bronx tale? Who- Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> Mario's an idiot. Number two, reversing into a parking spot. So that's just parallel parking. From Come on, people. Again, the cameras. Well, no, this really just says changed. reversing into a parking spot. I know, but I'm saying the the camera in your car really right. changed, makes things way easier. But the reason I'm saying that is because number one is parallel parking, so they're not making a distinction between reversing into a parking spot and parallel parking. I mean, a parallel park, I guess whether you go front end or back end, it doesn't matter. It's still parallel parking. But like, it seems like they describe three things there that are parallel parking. Yeah. Front end in first, pulling in. I guess we in. really have trouble with parallel People parking. People do hate it. I We were in the strip right before Christmas on a Saturday morning, and we watched some, God bless her, elderly woman yeah. trying to parallel park. It was like bumper mm. pool. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, she just hit the cars. Contact. No, didn't even care. No regard. I was like, everybody was watching her. Oh, I'm good at it. It's one of the few things that I'll, yeah. I, yeah, I'm really am good, good at it too. I, uh, I I had one the other day. I couldn't believe it. It was on Butler Street, and I mean, I just whipped it backwards in to the parking spot perfectly. Boom, boom, like really fast, and I was like. Yeah, and I got out of the car, and I kind of wanted to raise my hands. You know, I'm like, Did anybody just see that? It was awesome. The key is pulling far enough up to the parked car. Yeah. Like, so you have some, enough swing room. I go parallel with the parked car in front of Pretty me. Pretty much, yeah. And then I curve it back in. Yep. But the camera does help. I have a camera now. Oh, yeah. And it definitely makes it super easy. Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't have the bendy thing. Oh, mine does. Yeah, the See, bendy mine thing. doesn't. Maybe that's why. I, I, that's how you can tell if you're going straight. I know. The bendy thing is yeah. like, that's cheating. Especially when you're backing into a, a like a parking lot space. Yeah. Perfect. Every time. So there, there you go. The uh, 10 trickiest driving oh, maneuvers that, from Accident Advice Helpline. Is that what they mean? Like a parking garage backing in to a space? Probably, because yeah. it says parallel parking. Yeah, also, I guess. So. But that was even confusing. I don't know. That's not too hard. Parking garages. Those are kind of tough when you're next to a, a pole or something. 
The only thing that's tough about it is trying to figure out which car on the right or left of you is more likely to cause damage to your car. <laughs> and I don't mean because of proximity. I mean by trying to suss out who might be driving it. Like, yep. <clears throat> all right, this one on my right, these people don't care. They got duct tape on the bumper. <laughs> they got a Calvin and Hobbes. I'm going to give them a bunch of room. They got a Calvin and Hobbes uh, window sticker. <laughs> They're f- that door's coming flying off of the hinges. They don't care. You have to be very careful. Uh, Val, will have your news when we come back from the commercial break. Valerie, what are you talking about? Uh, some guys love golf so much they need to have sex with it. I'll explain. Sex with golf? Yes. Oh, my God. Live from the Masters. <laughs> the Master Baiters. Uh, Joe Barnick, <laughs> comedian Ian Bag in studio. It's 28 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. I think if you've ever used a credit card online, you've already been at risk for hacking, or oh, yeah. you will be. Two more big companies warning customers of a cybersecurity breach. Sears and Delta Airlines both reported yesterday some of their customer payment information may have been exposed in a breach. Sears says it was notified of the breach last month. It affects the credit card information of of about 100,000 customers. Delta says some of its customers are affected, but that none of their information has been compromised. This to me, I mean, it seems like more of an issue for the credit card companies than any concern of identity theft, right? I mean... Well, I think a lot of companies will not hold you liable for any fraudulent charges. Mm -hmm. But when is that going to end? Like, when is it just going to be, hey, this is bankrupting us. We can't do this anymore. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. Because I it's hope so never. prevalent. Yeah. It's like a bunch of ne'er-do-wells in Eastern Europe figured out that this was the, the new kind of crime to commit and get away with scot-free. Yeah. And they were so far ahead of the game from the companies that were setting this stuff up who weren't thinking nearly enough about protection as in as much as they did mm-hmm. think they were protected. They didn't troubleshoot it to the point where they can't be hacked by anyone around the world at any time now. And you constantly hear, no, 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 we're very secure. The, the, everything's secure here. Your information is safe at, oh, my God, I just got an email. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. And then you see that little lock, that padlock on the address window. You're like, mm. ah, I'm safe. Yeah, it's HTTP. <laughs> locked up. It's got a lot of extra T's. I think that's good, right? Professional wrestling Hall of Famer known as Luscious Johnny Valiant is dead after being struck by a car in Ross Township early yesterday. Police say 71-year-old Thomas Sullivan was not at a crosswalk when he was hit before dawn on McKnight Road near the Siebert Road intersection. Police are calling the death an accident. According to the Bleacher Report, he won the World Tag Team Championship in 1974 with his brother, handsome Jimmy Valiant. He went on to manage several wrestlers, including Hulk Hogan and Greg Valentine and Brutus the Barber of Beefcake. 24-7 News Source reports that after he retired from wrestling, he became an actor and a stand-up comedian in New York City. And he was living here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I don't know if he was originally from here or just moved here. Boy, so many of those guys uh, moved to like Tampa area mm-hmm. down in Florida. It surprises me that uh, he would have sort of played out his sunset years here in Pittsburgh. But well, seventy one, I guess, isn't as old as it used to be. That's a terrible story though. Yeah, right on yeah. Seabird Road. I mean, that's Night Road. Yeah, McKnight main thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. 
Pittsburgh police say they were called in uh, with the bomb squad to inspect a pair of suspicious packages left near PNC Park yesterday. The boxes were left near the ticket windows at the stadium but didn't contain anything dangerous. Police used bomb squad robots and had to shut down Federal Street during that investigation. Maybe it was like jaded fans doing that thing where you can deliver poop to your enemies. Did they yeah. say what was in the boxes? Or maybe they wanted to explode a bomb, but they really didn't want to hurt anybody. So, like, where can we put it where there won't be anybody? <laughs> uh, some animal news this morning. A raccoon killed by two dogs in Green Tree is confirmed to have rabies. Oh. The Allegheny County Health Department says the dead raccoon was brought to them last weekend and did test positive. Two dogs killed that animal near Glencoe Avenue just off the Parkway West. It uh, is the first rabid animal report in Allegheny County in 2018. And police in Youngstown fielding complaints about zombie-like raccoons there. KBN Television reports more than a dozen people have reported seeing the animals acting oddly in the middle of the day, standing on their hind legs and snarling. Officials say the raccoons are most likely suffering from distemper and not rabies. The viral disease often causes raccoons to lose their fear of humans. Just like rabies, I think. But How do you tell the difference? I don't know. I just assume if you see a, ra- a raccoon out in the daytime, it has rabies. You probably shouldn't go feed yeah. them regardless. That's right. what I, that, that's, that's my number one um, <laughs> piece of knowledge about raccoons. If you see them in the day, just consider them undead. I mean, they're zombies. <laughs> Don't go anywhere near them. There was a restaurant up in Erie outside on the water. I was out there last summer, and it's like um, they have a big, huge patio amongst the trees. Mm-hmm. It's not on the water. It's up from Presque Isle a little bit, but it's blocks from. And there was a raccoon living in the tree that butted up against the patio. And it was like a smaller one, baby kind of raccoon. And his eyes were peering out of the tree, like a knot in the tree. And everyone's like, oh, the raccoon. And they're like, oh, that's Rocky. And I'm like, (laughs) you have a pet raccoon? And it was still like dusk. And the raccoon crawled out of the tree and was sitting on the railing of the patio, like looking at everyone uh, e- eating because apparently people throw it food. Well. The woman next to us thought it was wonderful and she like took linguine over or something for <laughs> oh this raccoon gosh. to eat. And we're like, is this okay? No. Should you call animal control because it's still light out. And, and it's clearly not afraid of people. Not at all. And I don't think raccoons like linguine. You could get a horrible <laughs> Yelp review. You don't want that. <laughs> I went to school with a kid who had a pet raccoon. Yeah, see, again, when Bill again. thinks you grew up on a farm. <laughs> I think I held it. You held it? When I was. <laughs> Where? I think I held it when I was a kid. <laughs> that is just, I mean, whenever, you know, I, I used to talk about it a ton in my act. Whenever that thing in Zanesville happened. It, it was absolutely terrifying to me because as a kid, we had a great barber out in the backyard and there was a raccoon. <laughs> I thought you said a great barber. And I'm like, we yeah, had, we, a great barber. We also had a great barber. <laughs> That's what I we, thought he said. We had a great arbor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is the barber sitting out back. And he was ready for a trim. <laughs> and there was a raccoon in there. Nobody went outside for the entire summer. <laughs> Like, we just used a different door. <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, that was just a raccoon. That wasn't, you know, an exotic jungle cat. A lion. 
just sprinting at you down a highway. And whenever Animal Rescue finally got this thing, they came over with one of those those long poles that have the rope that mm-hmm. you can yeah. tighten on around the, yeah. the my, animal's the neck. My brother uses those for his kid. <laughs> <laughs> and they brought him out, and he was... Oh, yeah. And it was... It, terrified me nightmares for months so now you're scared of raccoons yeah or raccoons well, i mean it's a that's a good thing to be scared of right i guess it is a wild and animal. terrible barbers those <laughs> are the things yeah. that scare me the most they uh, a raccoon got in my house one time oh i was on vacation God. and i came back and there was soot like in footprints all oh, over my kitchen i'd move out and i was like what the <laughs> hell is going move. on for and sale. i thought like i called my friend i'm like did you have your dog in my kitchen or something He's like, what are you talking about, man? And then I like looked closer. I'm like, uh-oh, those aren't dog prints. Yeah. And so I called my girlfriend's dad, who was like, you know, adept at uh, like, you know, dealing with wildlife and stuff. And he's like, that thing's gone, man. He's like, you don't got to worry about it. It came in and it left the same way it came in. And I'm like, how can I be sure? And he's like, right. he doesn't want to hang around with you, man. He's <laughs> like, he came in, got Probably what he wanted. took your identity, though. He left. I'd cancel all your credit cards. Just a really disappointed raccoon comes in and sees like, you know, a loaf of giant eagle Tuscany bread that's got mold <laughs> on it. <laughs> and and it's it, eat worse than I some do. empty Bud Light bottles. Uh this house sucks. I can find this in the garbage. You don't want to mess around with uh, raccoons is the Ooh, point yeah. of what you're trying to say. Yeah, pretty much. All right, much. so if you see Unless them, you live in Rocky Grove and then have <laughs> them as a pet. Have them as a pet and Hold take them. them to school with Val. <laughs> Some guys really love golf. Really, really love sure, golf. Sure, the Masters are here. Everybody's... Uh, Excited about Tiger's return. Or some guys are just so demented they'll have sex with anything. A man named Stephen Gaten was golfing in England this week when he noticed something unexpected going on in the ninth hole. There was a guy with his pants down having sex with the ninth hole. Oh. Not only that, the flag was somewhere that a flag on a golf course has probably never been before. (laughs) Holy cow. He pegged himself? (laughs) 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 Steven started recording with his phone He wasn't the only one The guy was actually filming himself There's no word on whether or not Police were able to track the guy down I have questions I have a lot of of questions I have geometric questions The fact that he was (laughs) filming himself Makes me think Oh this was like a jackass stunt Yeah He was doing a lot of things Yeah a lot I mean I mean, he was operating at full capacity. That is a one-man band. Right. Did they get the footage of him doing something? Did did they get the footage of him at the ball washer afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of golf, professional golfers have been complaining about the increasing number of hecklers in the gallery, which is frowned upon. So security is being ramped up at this week's Augusta National. And according to reports, the staff is actually been given a list of sayings that are prohibited, and one of them is dilly-dilly. Oh, I think that should be banned most places. If you shout out dilly-dilly or any of the other things on the list, you will be removed immediately. What about have sex with the hole? (laughs) (laughs) They haven't haven't released the entire list, but Bud Light has jumped on the opportunity for free publicity. They're sending a thousand dilly-dilly shirts to the masters. Peg yourself with the flag! (laughs) (laughs) Is Dilly Dilly the new uh, wooing? Oh. 
At a pirate, you know, the, the I, wooers? I, to this day, do not understand Dilly Dilly. I don't get it. I don't either. N- not, it, it does not make sense to me. I guess maybe it's not supposed to make sense. I don't understand the premise. I don't understand how it came to be. I don't understand why. I don't know what ad executive thought of this. And then... Is it, it like a medieval cheer or something? Dilly Dilly! But I've never even heard of that before. It's never. A, it seems like an ad exec showed up to work completely hungover, didn't have his his uh, presentation ready, and he was just kind of like, uh, yeah, and then they yelled Dilly Dilly, and they're like, we like it. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> and then it caught on. like just It t- caught on here, and I blame Big Ben. Yeah. Because he called that audible. <laughs> You're right. That's the first dilly time dilly. I ever heard it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Or remember hearing it. Yeah, the deal. That, uh, you know, I think you're right. I don't know if it even had sort of seeped into the national consciousness. No, I mean, because that commercial was out there. That's what he got it from. I don't think Big Ben freestyled that. Right. <laughs> but uh, but it definitely audible <laughs> locked it into the, to the lexicon. The reboot of Jersey Shore is airing on MTV today, now called Jersey Shore Family Vacation. The show was filmed in Miami, complete with most of the original cast, including Polly D., The Situation, Jay Wow, and Snooki. At its height in 2011, Jersey Shore was MTV's most watched series, pulling in nearly 9 million viewers. This uh, This time around, three of the cast members are parents. So since it's family vacation, I don't know if all the kids are gonna. Oh God, that Please. is the Jersey terrifying. kids. I don't remember any of them except for the situation. I thought the situation was in jail. Yeah, shouldn't he have been in jail? Isn't for, he like tax evasion he's, guy? He's laundering money. He has a jail situation. Jim, launder tan whatever. <laughs> Damn, I messed that up. And finally, what welcome- are the other ones though? Jay Wow, Snooky. They're gonna be there. Yeah, they'll be there. Ronnie. See the meathead? <laughs> Ronnie's the meat. Well, they're all, they're meatheads, all meatheads. But yeah, Ronnie's probably the the most notorious meathead. Was there three dudes and three girls? Yeah, there was a chick that isn't coming back. Her name was Sam, and she just sucked. She was just miserable. She was Ronnie's girlfriend. I've watched that show way too much. <laughs> yeah, you really have. I did. I, I, I was totally glued. Are, ha- are they not together anymore, Ronnie and Sam? I think that was my rock bottom. Like, I hit bottom with that show. And Is then this I was when like, you were unemployed? Right. Yes. So you were unemployed in watching Jersey Shore yeah. to the extent where you had opinions on their relationship. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, everybody that I hung out with did. <laughs> I mean, it was like... Everyone uh, in that crew doing not, well? Not a great time. <laughs> not a great time in my life. But, I mean, I was watching all those garbage shows. Isn't Rock it- of Love. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Whatever the... Um, Oh, God, what was it? What was Flavor Flav's? Flavor, Flavor of love. love. Yeah, it was all of love. That was when VH1 had the Surreal Life, Flavor of Love, Rock oh. of Love. They were like the And I was there, there for, for all of it. I mean, I, I could watch any of it. And what was the intervention show they had? Intervention? Was Is that just, what it was called? No, because intervention's on A&E, isn't it? It was like celebrity. Oh, celebrity rehab. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Dr. Drew. Horrible idea for a show. Loved it. Horrible idea for I a mean, show. I mean, terrible. Let's treat these people by I exploiting think their illness. Everyone relapsed. I don't think anybody <laughs> got clean. Nobody. Well, Jeff Rodman Conway died. was on that show. Jeff Conway oh, died yeah. on the show. Oh, my God. No, Kanicki was, was a train wreck. No. No. I don't think it was during the show. But he no, was I... just. Who was the guy from Crazy Town? He was up on the roof place. one night. What's Crazy Town? Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. Oh, be my butterfly. 
This just sounds like your wheelhouse. I mean, this is like <laughs> I'm, this is what I'm saying. But didn't I was um... I was clocking in? I was putting in eight hours of this. <laughs> Pre Netflix. Steven Adler was on there. Yes, he came in and talked about his experience and there. And Steve O. Yes. Steve O was they on both there for sure. had high praise for Dr. Drew. I know. And I've asked Steve O. I asked Adam Carolla about him. He Because I think Dr. Drew is like gets away with being a total fraud. Highly exploitive. Yes. That show. And they all love him. They're like, no, you got him wrong. You got him pegged wrong. Well, remember um, they had Tom Sizemore on that show. I was just going to say with uh, Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss, oh. and they had an explosive. Oh my god! Yeah, they he beat the crap out of her. Oh, that's not good. How much money could they possibly have been being paid at that point to continue being exploited? Oh, enough. But nine million people used to tune into the Jersey Shore. They brought that show back, and this is the Roseanne effect. Started with Will and Grace. They're just gonna keep bringing back the yep. old shows because they're already they already have a brand. This is how much of that crap I watched. The surreal life had Brigitte Nielsen and Flavor Flav who like hooked up during and it was yeah, the I grossest remember. I remember that. relationship <laughs> ever. And that ended up getting Flavor Flav the flavor of love. Wasn't the flavor, and of then love? I found out he's like sixty and has like you know kids. He's like a grandfather. Yeah, and then he would give girls clocks, and the the thing was, if you get a clock, you know what time it is, and if you don't get a clock, your time is up. <laughs> and he would come down in a Viking helmet with Who a pooped on a, the steps. Something. No, that was yeah, that was something. Something. Her name was something. Which made it sound like a mystery. They were like, something pooped on the steps. <laughs> well, what was it? It was it was something. <laughs> I remember the girl named Hoops. Oh yeah. It was he had Hoops all these was gorgeous. He had all these hilarious names for the Pumpkin. girls. Ugh. Dude, he's that's gonna None come of them back. Had names. You watch, that's no, coming these back. Are twins. We're gonna call you Ghana and you Rhea. <laughs> Flavor of love, they'll just be like Trying to figure out who's going to be his nurse going forward. <laughs> Real chance at STDs this fall on VH1. Uh, Roseanne, the reboot, part two, when it came back, uh, episode two, they only dropped like three million viewers or something like that, or four million viewers. So it ended up being three times the debut of Roseanne, three times the projected audience that ABC thought they would be uh, wow. showing that to. Three times. Is it an hour long? Because the, the initial one was an hour. I think it was two episodes. Yeah. Back oh, to back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, finally, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses won Gold's Gym's March Music Madness competition to be named the best workout song of 2018. That's a good one. Not sure. Come, my lady. Come, come, <laughs> no. my lady. Crazy That's, Town didn't make it in that there. Doesn't, that doesn't get you pumped up enough. <laughs> You're my sugar <laughs> <laughs> Windy and cold flurries today. It's the DVE Morning Show. Warren Zevon. You know, as rock bo- books go, I love reading, like, the rock bio books. The Warren Zevon book, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, which was written by his wife, which is just all interviews with people in his life and stuff. It is awesome. Highly recommend it. Because he had a pretty unusual life. And um, it's all chronicled in this book that you don't even have to be a huge fan because it's so so much a part of that Southern California scene. 
in the seventies, in the early seventies, he was like right in there with like the Linda Ronstadt, the Eagles, the Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown comes out like like a saint in this book. Basically, every time Warren Zevon made a mess, Jackson Brown cleaned it up. But it's (laughs) a great book. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports. The uh, the uh, the Buckos yesterday they you know they're not going to go undefeated. It's it's sad. Sadly, uh, their winning streak came to an end in the snow, and the Penguins have uh, hey look, not a must win, but uh, it's a big game tonight against Huge. Columbus. Looking ahead with Tim Benz next. Mike Pursuta off today. Tim Benz filling in with your sports here on the DVE Morning Show. Benzie. Yeah, no question where we're starting tonight with the Pens in Columbus at 7 o'clock on the X. A massive game in the Metro. As of now, the two teams are tied for second place with 96 points. Former Penguin Ian Cole says there's no denying the impact of this game for his Blue Jackets. You know, to put ourselves in a position to get home ice for the playoffs uh, is something that we really value. I think it has a lot of um, benefits as far as uh, game planning goes. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we tend to think that our rink here is a tough rink to play in. So, you know, we would rather be playing here than anywhere else. So, um, you know, it's going to be a huge game tomorrow and, and we know it and they know it and it's certainly going to be a, a playoff game for sure. Of course, there's home ice advantage in Columbus. They have armed weaponry every time they score mm-hmm. a goal going off. This is the Mark Madden Bowl, this game, because you know Mark hates this assumption that the only reason why the Penguins' defense hasn't been good of late is because Cole is now in Columbus. This has been his right. his thing. Yeah. He even wrote about it yesterday in the Trib. Well, but, we were poking the bear a little bit yesterday with him in regards to When he was on here? Yeah, but I think that there's no denying the penalty kill has suffered. I do think that there's a cause and effect between having Hunwick and or Ruedel have to play because he's not here. It's not the only reason why they're not as good. And it's not something that's such a big deal that they're not going to win the Stanley Cup because of it. But I do think it's a contributing factor to the fact that they haven't been as good from mm-hmm. their own blue line back. And Bartnick was saying yesterday that basically, you know, losing Cole isn't like losing Bobby Orr, but it pinches up the depth of of the defense in a in a way that's. It is not like losing Bobby Orr, but it's also like losing somebody who's a little bit better than Ron Hainsey. And they lost Ron Hainsey too. And therein lies the dilemma. Now they're two worse in the blue line than what they were winning the cup a year ago. Along those lines, Sidney Crosby talks about rosters changing over the course of time in a season, but not necessarily teams the way they play. There's been a lot of movement, and that's just kind of the, the nature of you know the game. And a lot of teams' rosters change throughout the, the summer and throughout the year. I mean, Columbus made some moves. New Jersey made some moves. I mean, there's been you know a significant amount of change. So, um, but yeah, I think there's more than enough guys to you know that are still on those teams to have a reminder of those other playoff series and that kind of thing, too. Yeah, Mark Letestu, another former Penguin now at Columbus, along with Ian Cole and Thomas Vanek. Looks like Phil Kessel is going to try to play. He's been injured but practiced yesterday. Derek Broussard, Carter Rowney, they didn't yet. Other games to watch in the NHL tonight. Leafs and Devils at 7. Flyers and Hurricanes at 7. Bruins skate in Florida. Eastern Conference and specifically Metro playoff implications abound. With all those games mm-hmm. there. Pirates lost for the first time yesterday, 7-3 against the Twins. Reds in town for the first of four games. Homer Bailey pitches against Stephen Brault. No team has been beaten by Bailey more often in his career than the Pirates, 10-6 and against them with a 3-3-9 ERA. Masters getting going in about an hour from right now. Phil Mickelson tees off at 127 with Ricky Fowler and Matt Kuchar. Uh, Phil, happy that Tiger has rebounded and is impacting golf once more. Nobody uh, respects and appreciates what he's done for the game more because nobody's benefited from what he's done for the game of golf more than I have. 
Uh, I've always had that uh, appreciation uh, and respect for him. To see him back out playing is incredible. We all we all uh, feel that. Tiger tees off at 10.40. I did some research during yesterday's par 3 contest. No one did anything to themselves in the ninth hole like that guy in Val's newscast. <laughs> no, nothing like that happened with one of the patrons even or anything at Augusta National. A couple Steelers notes here. Nat Burhey signs with Pittsburgh. He was a defensive back with the Giants for four years. Expected to be a special teams addition here. James Harrison says he wants to keep playing. He's a free agent. Patriots haven't retained his services yet. He tells ESPN he wants to play somewhere at some point after the draft. Uh, you asked about the five guys who played, the other four guys who played after 40. The one name I couldn't come up with, this is going back a ways, Jim Marshall from Minnesota. Yeah. The guy who ran the wrong way for the right. safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was so good, he played... He threw the ball way up in the air when he got in the end zone. Almost as good of a celebration as the guy yesterday at Augusta National blew out his ankle (laughs) celebrating the hole-in-one. And uh, I was listening to the show yesterday. Dave Damashek was on with you guys uh, from NFL.com, and he has, of course, that, or the NFL Network, rather, and he has his uh, movie party poll, right? Yeah. The the party scenes. April absurdity bracket. Yeah, the party scenes in movies that he would most like to actually have been invited to in real life, right? I thought these sports movies were vastly underrated in his field of 64. So I exchanged some tweets with Damashek yesterday trying to include some uh-huh. that were actually of a sports theme. Okay. How about Rick Fox taking Ray Allen to the recruiting party at Big State and he got game? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was tremendous. Right? There's like ladies everywhere. Right. He winds yeah. up in bed with two of them, two mm-hmm. of the cheerleaders. Yeah. That ended up being more of a documentary than I realized yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happens. Varsity Blues opening party scene where Billy Bob throws up in the washing machine while Ali Larder is having sex with Paul Walker. Uh, yeah, well, and that would yes. go into the high school party category, too. It does bleed in there. I yeah. just kind of went with the sports mm-hmm. yeah. angle. The other one, later in the movie, when they're at the strip joint, they find out that Miss Davis is actually a stripper, not just the math teacher. See, I don't know that movie well enough. But it does remind me, when you say that, the North Dallas 40 party. There's another one. Right, North Dallas 40. Yeah. Um, Friday Night Lights, Mikey Winchell gets laid for the first time just because the girl finds out he's going to be the starting quarterback after camp. Another opening scene classic. And, of course, you can't talk about this without the program. Remember the program? That's the one where they laid down in the middle of the street. They took the party scene out because it was so bad. They had to delete it because the guy was lying in the street and people were getting killed. People were, yeah, because people were mimicking it. Exactly. So that was such a big party scene, they actually had to delete it. So Damashek says he's rolling with He Got Game. We'll have to see about the other ones. We're going to try to slide some of these other ones in. That's the problem. Right. So the the problem he had with it was identifying a party is not enough. It it has to be a party you want to go to. It has to be worthy. Just fielding a basketball team doesn't get you in the tournament. Correct. So it needed to be whittled down because there was just too many parties being pointed out. But if Miss Davis or Allie Larder are involved, I'm all about Varsity Blues. Well, that's... Good points there. Was it was it a party where she had the whipped cream bikini, or was that just like that a, was a private party? That was a private. party. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one was a little bit yeah. separate. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuit with your sports this morning. Thanks, Benzie. You bet. Ian Bag and Joe Bartnick will both be in studio this morning. Ian Bag at the Improv this weekend. Joe Bartnick will be at Benham Center with Bill Burr. Bill Burr will be live in studio with us tomorrow, right here on the DVE Morning Show. Welcome to the jungle. Isn't that the number one workout song? Yeah. In, in gyms across the country? I always thought Voted Down with the Sickness gold. was big. That's a good one. That's like a burpee song. Get up and then get down with the sickness. I like that. There you go. My gym used to do that. They used to blare songs 
uh, over the, the speakers, and Good then they just song. stopped. Oh. And now they play uh, news channels on mute. Yeah. They just just like, who's working out to Doctor Phil? They played videos on the television. No, they 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 uh, no. There are my gyms gym that did. do that. Yeah, yeah, my gym played music videos. No, this one they were just playing the you know songs over the the uh, PA system. Right, but they would have like you know they had like ten TVs and they would be on like Fox News. One would be on Doctor Phil and Doctor Oz and all that crap, and. Um, you know, there's nothing more emasculating in a workout than like getting done with a set and then getting caught up in the latest Dr. Phil drama and just sitting <laughs> on the edge of the bench and staring at the TV. And I see it happen to people all the It's definitely happened to Unruly me. Unruly teen daughters. Yeah. And you're like, come on, what's going on? Wait a minute. She can't talk to him like that. <laughs> you know, if you're like sitting there avoiding working out, getting enthralled with the latest Dr. Phil saga. Um, speaking of that, Stormy Daniels news. We'll tell More? you more on the way. Yes, apparently she's ready to start describing the president's genitalia. Oh, good. Look out. Oh, boy. I can't believe Kim Jong-un just hasn't paid her a billion dollars to, you know, <laughs> like, I'll pay for all your non-disclosures. Seriously, if we're going to be open to meddling, let's do some fun meddling. <laughs> Stan Savern a little bit later on this morning. This Saturday, I'll be appearing at the Crossroads Foundation's Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar? We met Anthony yesterday, my partner, for Saturday night. It's at Safalos, and uh, you should come and be a part of this uh, really super fun night. At Safalos in Carnegie, go to CrossroadsFoundation.org to learn more. The DVE Morning Show, and the NHL tweeted out uh, congratulations to the Caps from Snoop Dogg? Alexander. Well, that's my nephew. Congratulations to the Washington Capitals for making it back to the playoffs. Business as usual. They say I'm in the playoffs, too. Is that true? See you there, baby. All right. Now, first of all, I thought, oh, thought he was a Penguins fan. Thought Snoop, didn't he wear the Penguins He's jersey? In He's in the gin videos. and juice video. Wearing the penguin jersey with where it says Pittsburgh diagonally, diagonally down the down the thing when he he's sitting on the front of somebody's bike and I think somebody's braiding his hair. He um <laughs> they they offer that at PVG. Oh, during, they do during in between periods. Yeah, you can get your face painted or hair braided. It's all kinds of fantastic Snoop related things. But yeah, now he's a Caps fan. He's the most wishy washy sports fan on the face of the earth, <laughs> which is why Steelers fans need to stop embracing Snoop Dogg. As like some celebrity spokesperson for Steeler Nation, because he's he's a complete flip flopper. He doesn't care. He really is. He's a front running. Like he showed up and performed in Tampa after we beat the Cardinals. He was at the Steelers Super Bowl party performing. Oh, yeah, and I was like, he's a Raiders fan. <laughs> he did the Raiders documentary. He's like, man, I was born a Raiders fan. Now you want the Raiders fan? I was a Raiders fan. I don't. I just. I've always a had fan. a hard time squaring that. Yeah, because I mean, they they were rivals. You can't. The only thing that I can come up with is that it was like the Raiders were more of their like South LA's cultural team, where it was more of the the apparel than it was they were fans of the team. Right. But still, you can't know. be a fan of the Raiders and the Steelers. <laughs> it's almost like you can't trust Snoop Dogg crazy um stormy daniels on yesterday's today show her lawyer told megan kelly well the following and this is disturbing 
She can describe the president's genitalia in great detail. That did not make it. I hear that. No, but, but that. You don't need to. My eyes. But look, but look. That, <laughs> I need to hear that. Listen, I, you know, no, in fairness that, I, to your client, I don't think. It, that did not make it in. The and piece. good for them. Uh, yeah, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, Megan Kelly us. there. <laughs> First of all. Because now you're picturing it. How much stuff is there where there's great detail? I mean, not for nothing, but. How many? How long of a description is it to describe the president's genitalia? Maybe well, it, it has... takes a very long time. <laughs> it's Maybe tremendous. Maybe it has uh, unusual markings. I sure. Mean, even so, how long could it take in great detail? It has a comb over. <laughs> at the one centimeter mark. He probably sold advertising on it. <laughs> it probably says Trump Tower on it. <laughs> Trump's Tower. Or just Trump. I don't understand the significance of it because how are you ever going to, like, what is going to. Maybe it'll be like Michael Jackson in his trial. Remember, he had they to show his genitalia. He did have to show his penis. You're right. Yeah. So are you envisioning that in this oh, case, don't make me the envision. president might have to show his genitalia to a courtroom? I mean,. Genitalia, I don't want to think about. I mean, MJ and Trump are at the top. Well, That's whose genitalia do you want to think about? <laughs> well, we don't have enough time to get into that. <laughs> Wasn't she on uh, Jersey Shore? Genitalia? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> genitalia, wow. I don't know what it's going to come to. It does, it's not as if they're ever going to be able to prove or make him show it. I don't think that'll happen. So whether or not no, he won't even it. release his tax returns, I don't think we're going to get him to <laughs> <laughs> release his D pics. That's not going to happen. Unless, my penis is under audit right now. <laughs> Unless she has them, because remember he he teased everybody with that like that mix CD that like he it was had a DVD of what like a CD ROM DVD. Yeah, okay, what? but I mean, of what. To me, know, that man. was all like it could have been free BS. willy for all we that know. was show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the movie or yeah. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? But he, <laughs> they, he's scared of her. You know, if there was nothing, don't you think he would have said he'd be attacking her? Yes, like he does everybody else. Right. The reason he's not attacking her, I don't think, is because her lawyer is such a pit bull and he's scared to go toe to toe. I think he's like, oh, they got the goods, man. <laughs> we got to take. We got to take precaution on this one. And also, he's probably just crushing Cohen behind the scenes, like you idiot. Yeah. He's like, I did it on my own. Sent from Trump Tower, <laughs> <laughs> from the office letterhead, <laughs> Trump organization. Like that was oh. independent. Ah. But I don't think I honestly do not believe that he would allow himself to be photographed. I really don't. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, at any time. No, I don't Way think he would have said before her- he was a presidential no. even thinking of it. Right. Because he has so much power and money. Yes. Why would you allow somebody to, to compromise you like that? I think that picture of him well, in the robe on the bed where he's like curled up like he's like, uh, I don't know. What is that picture? You never saw that picture of him on the bed with the robe? No. Oh, dude. Yeah. Mem- Google Donald Trump bed robe. Do you remember one of the news stories, which was so ridiculous? Was that he was fighting claims? I don't even have a robe. <laughs> yes, I don't wear robes. And then this picture comes out of him laying in a robe. Because he's for sure a guy who wears robes. 
There's no doubt about it. And you know the inside of the robes are all orange, like from all the spray. <laughs> they have like the stain this, on the collar. This picture looks like it's 30 years old. It is. Oh, well. What do you think? It was recent? Yeah. No. No way, man. You look at his body shape when he goes golfing. There's no way he's going to allow himself to be filmed. And he's not going to send a D pick. There's no way. And if he would, he'd make like, he'd take, he'd tell Cohen to do it. Take a picture of your unit and send it to her for me. <laughs> he'd have a, a D man. You know what I mean? He wouldn't yeah, do it himself. A stand There's no way. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't know what's going to come of the Stormy Daniels lawsuit. I still I'm, don't I'm even understand why it the exists. the longevity of the scandal. I don't know why he's denying it. Nobody cares. And if he just. His said, wife might. Well, she's, it's, do you think for a second right now she believes that they didn't have an affair? No. I mean, the damage is done. Just admit to it and move on. Nobody cares. That's got to be. They should like, care, but they I, don't. I feel really bad for her. That's got to suck. Like, you're finding out all this information, and then you got to go roll Easter eggs with kids. Yeah, you but know? if you marry, uh, if you marry, if you're the third wife of a uh, guy who cheated on his first two wives. Including with you on his second wife. What are you wife, expecting? Yeah, like, you, you, you kind of have a, a little heads up. Right. On the uh, the behaviors. Yeah, you knew this was coming. She's just singing, we're in the money, we're in the money. Ooh, Stormy or Melania? No, 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 Melania. Well, I think that that's really what it is. It has to apply or, or this has to all be about a prenup. A prenup or... that would be violated somehow if proof of it ever arose. And that has to be it, is that he is under a, Why would a he big time financial that? burden. I don't know. Well, yeah. maybe she did it. Maybe like she was like, I'm not going to marry you unless, you know, you're, you're not going to cheat on me well, like you stopped. cheated on. Uh, I'll just go get some other two. hot chick. Did he go to church with Tiffany on Easter? Did I hear that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I saw her. Really? I saw videos of her. Yeah. He went to video with Tiffany. That's so nice. That makes me. I, I Poor Tiffany. She gets left out of everything. Isn't she in college? I don't know. Never gets invited to, to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> No, she's not allowed. Not there. a member. Everyone else is a cabinet member. <laughs> Tiffany, he doesn't follow on Twitter. I'll do church with you on Easter. <laughs> Let's not get crazy about this, Tiff. Fal's got news next. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we are going to talk about how to reduce stress, and we're going to talk about why we can't lose weight. Thousand bucks in workforce cash coming your way all day long on DVE. Listen for the sounder text keyword 200, 200 brought to you by rightcars.com. <laughs> The Surreal Life had Brigitte Nielsen and Flavor Flav who like hooked up during, and it was yeah, the I grossest remember, I remember that. relationship ever. And that ended up getting Flavor Flav the flavor of love. And then he would give girls clocks. And the, the thing was, if you get a clock, you know what time it is. And if you don't get a clock, your time is up. <laughs> and he would come down in a Viking helmet with who a- pooped on a, the steps? Something. No, that was, yeah, that was something. Something. Her name was something. Which made it sound like a mystery. They were like, something pooped on the steps. <laughs> well, what was it? It was it was something. Randy Bellman and the DVE Yeah, Morning Ian Show. Bag is with us right now. He'll get a round of applause yeah. because, yeah. you know what, we are yes. so glad to see our friend Ian, who, yeah. by the way, flew in early mm-hmm. uh, to be here. Yes. To, to hang out in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of you guys being here. Always good to see you. <laughs> uh, I've come to town and you guys haven't even been here. Yeah, I know. That's a drag. That's true. <laughs> but we stuck around just for I you. I like it. Um, 
No uh, Canadian television shows had anything quite like what we were just describing in Flavor of Love. Um, Dating shows. People pooping on stairs or anything like that. Well, we kind of did because we had this show called The Littlest Hobo that was about... It was about a, was about a, a, a German Shepherd cross husky dog that d- would go across Canada helping people. So, <laughs> so what? Like the Canadian Lassie? Yeah, it was. Well, it was. It was kind of like the Canadian. <laughs> it was the Canadian version of the Michael Landon show. Uh, oh, uh, he- House of the Prairie. No, the, no, other, the that, Heaven. Oh, High Would Heaven. High Would Heaven. But we couldn't afford an actor, so we used a dog. <laughs> 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 But when you say pooped on the stairs, uh, yeah, hey, they they had that problem all the time. Right. <laughs> it's a little as hobo. wasn't in the script. Is it a little as hobo? The little as yeah. hobo. He's like pooping in storefronts. Yeah. yeah, he's been. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring it up right away? Nail Canadian TV. Oh, I remember because Canadian television. I grew up in Erie, so we got CKCO TV in Hamilton. I love it. And I used to watch CKCO TV a lot when I was growing up. And they had the worst shows. The worst. Like the most milk toast, non offensive, non entertaining. Yeah. Just. And then we there. have now we have the Trailer Park Boys, which, which are, oh, that's the, a huge. I remember huge. this is how this is what's crazy about the Trailer Park Boys. Well, I went home to my parents for Christmas one night, and I, and I was drunk watching TV, and I was, <laughs> I was I couldn't figure out if it was a reality show or a comedy show. <laughs> and they had a man that was a sheriff with no shirt on, <laughs> and I still couldn't figure it out because it reminded me. <laughs> it reminded me of where I grew up so bad. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, yeah. yeah Wade Flaherty do that. <laughs> now, were you Western Canada? Western Canada, yeah. I grew up uh, uh, about a thousand miles north of Vancouver. Oh, so what wow. you do is you go to Vancouver, wow. you drive to Prince George 14 hours, <laughs> and then you take a left, you drive another eight hours, oh, stop, come back half an hour. That's Paris. <laughs> oh my yeah. lord. As soon as you hit the ocean, you've gone too far. So how far north is that? It's, it's uh, you know those Alaskan bush people? Yeah. That town that they talk about, Ketchikan? Yeah. yeah. It's close to that. Holy yeah, cow. we used to wow. go there for volleyball tournaments, and I don't know why I was on against a volleyball the, team. Against was, the bush yeah, people? Yeah, against the bush people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, we're playing in the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is little as hobo going to be there? Yeah. I, hope so. <laughs> I hope so. He's going to start the game. Just ceremonial <laughs> volleyball. No just, nets, just a bunch of bushes lined up in a row? Yeah. yeah the littlest hobo's putting in an Iditarod line immediately. He's like, help me! Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to run this! I'm in show business. What's going on? I'm in show business. <laughs> Call my agent, Wolf. <laughs> what is that? Do you remember uh, Canadian game shows at all? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the gifts? No. They would give you a trip to Hawaii, no airfare. <laughs> <laughs> they would like, uh, get yourself there. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you, airfare not included. It would, uh, it was, <laughs> you'd win a car, but you would only win a lease. You know. For, <laughs> so it, it, yeah, it was those kind of things. First three payments. Yeah. yeah. First. Yeah. Oh, it was good times. It was yeah. Now Nickelodeon oh, picked up hilarious. a couple of things. Like you can't do that on television, which was had that distinctly Canadian. Ironic. Yeah, Alanis Morissette was mm-hmm. on it, and then uh, um, Tom Green. He wasn't on. You can't do that on television. Well, no, but what he was everything on, he did, you couldn't do on TV. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but you can't do that on television was a unique show. It really, yeah. I mean, that really hit in America. Like few Canadian like kids shows. Do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's been a couple good Canadian shows, and I, I oh, I, lots. But uh, I think nine hundred two one zero was a uh, was a ripoff of. Uh, uh, oh, what's the name Degrassi of that Junior High. That's it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's, I think there's good, I think we have good intentions in Canada, but we don't really know how to uh, finish it off. Yeah, but I mean. it's just so, like I read Martin <laughs> Short's like, biography. I don't uh-huh. know if you got a chance to read that I've yet. not. 
and just talking so like the distinctly sort of Canadian perspective that he has on everything. Right. And, and I always like to point it out because I think it's I think you guys are lucky. I think that Why? you have less anxiety. I think there are less anxious Canadians than Americans. Oh, uh, you haven't met my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but Canadians, I, Canadians are we we're kind of just outsiders of Britain and America. So right, it's a little bit. I think we have a little bit of we're we're hanging at the party, but we didn't have we didn't really get invited to the party. That's, yeah. that's you're like Canada. the middle child of countries. Yes. Yes, but so we, you have that attention. But we like watch, you, but we watch you guys, and we're like, oh yeah, interesting. Oh, look at you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to. Okay, okay. But then we do, we do stuff. I think we we did uh, politics. We had a uh, we had a, a mayor of Toronto that was smoking crack oh. while he was mayor of Toronto. He so, was my favorite, favorite mayor. Yeah, but we're favorite kind of mayor. ahead of the we're ahead, we're ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> we're ahead of the curve. Well, we had Marion Barry doing it uh, well before. Yeah. That so once again you guys are just following. But in the eighties everybody was on crack. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you can't be mad at him. That was that was what was going on. Even Nancy Reagan, while she was giving the no say no to drugs, she, she cracks smoker. What's this pipe for? Who's that little dog over there? Rob, that's a hobo. Rob Ford was one of my. He just gave us such joy. Yes. I mean, he had so, videos of him talking well, the, in a Jamaican accent. And the football <laughs> one. Oh, oh my god. Oh my! I totally hike, forgot about he, that one. He hikes the ball and just falls Runs. apart. Bites it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, poor it, guy. But he was just like, that's kind of. My, I also my mom's Australian, my dad's Canadian, so I grew up in Canada for the most part. But we'd go spend time in Australia. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, my uncle was a politician in uh, in Coffs Harbor, which is you know kind of a medium sized town up the, up the coast from 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 Sydney and he was kind of Rob Fordish. <laughs> he, was, he grew tomatoes that never had tomatoes on it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Okay. So he he was growing pot way before time, and but he he would go to the city council meetings, get all hammered, <laughs> drive home, and then they'd see the booze bus, and then he'd turn into somebody's yard and have an impromptu meeting with the family. Just so he didn't have to. Deal so with he didn't it. have to. You know, hello, John Batoli, city council. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about the potholes. <laughs> <laughs> and sit and talk with them for, for 10, hours. 10.30 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, didn't, didn't this whole thing, like the first story I remember us doing on it on him was, uh, I guess he had sm he got caught smoking crack and he had explained he was trying to explain it all the way like that was what happens whenever you're at whatever fair right. he he was at some drinking to, festival or he was something. just trying to fit in he wasn't really yeah. trying to smoke crack right I, I know there's a there's a comedian out there that's got a, a bad crack problem that we all know about <laughs> <laughs> and some guys were smoking around smoking pot and then he whipped out the crack pipe and everybody's like what are you doing he's like hey 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 <laughs> You guys, you guys, you guys, you got money. We're all doing it. We're all doing it. Judgment-free zone, right? You guys are just going to look down on me. So, uh, he went, but it, it's a drinking fest in Canada. Come on. It's, yeah. it's going to take a turn at some point. <laughs> We've all been there. Come on. Uh, are we, are we going to have a smash-up derby car? Is somebody going to smoke crap? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how Canadian parties go. We have beer tents, uh, beer gardens. That's what they're called. Yes. You guys like beer gardens? Oh, yeah. We have them at everything. I always said that my favorite place to see a game was in Montreal because at the it was then the Molson Center I believe you couldn't go 
10 feet without a beer vendor being there. Was, it, it took no time at all to get a beer. You, you mean the old, old one? No, no. The, oh, not the, the former. Right when they first rebuilt it oh, okay, 15 yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, yeah. I like the one before that because it the, had a, The barn, the uh, old barn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking section, Ooh. carp. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely serious. The Frenchies up there smoking. I'm yes, oh, so nervous. Oh, is it going to? Oh, is it going to score? Is it going to score? There was, there was a smoking section, carpet on the walls, <laughs> in the smoking section, and also that it was they had rebuilt it afterwards. And this is how corrupt Montreal was. They built it above the clock, so they had to have TVs around showing the clock because you couldn't see the clock. Right, they were, they were above the clock, so you could not see the, these, these, these seats. But this, the smoking section was awesome because I remember going to games. I, I've been to a couple of games there, and there would be a swirl of smoke as, as the team as was playing hockey. Yeah, it was almost like the Pope was being picked. You know, was swirl of smoke would come out of that section. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always thought about that with the old boxing matches and the smaller ones when there's just cigars being uh, smoked everywhere and those guys get in the ring. And guys, there's a we're haze doing cardio of, in here. Yeah. There's a yeah. haze of cigars. Cigar smoke, they have to fight through. 12 rounds of jumping rope. All right. If you can do it in front of your grandpa and your uncle. <laughs> Joe Bartnick's uh, in the Smart, studio with us, yeah. too. Look at you wearing your USA hockey uh, uh, sweater today. I tried to change it up, you know. Yeah. Well, I thought it was because Ian was here. Yeah, yeah. A, little bit of that. a little bit of that, too. Because your women won the gold medal. <laughs> Which means as a man, we won the silver as a country. Oh. Is that what it means? <laughs> well, coming home, like, we, didn't, I mean, we, didn't, we didn't win the gold. I mean, the Russians won the gold. I the girls won the gold. So that's yeah, kind of, it's, well, a man, it's, it's, a, it's a man, it's a silver. I, I, I'll probably get into trouble for this, but I remember, I remember a couple years ago, uh, the women's team was really good in Canada, and 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 they were beating everybody. And then they played a major midget team and lost. And, <laughs> I, I, and I just remember, I just remember that. Well, that puts everything in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and I know somebody's out there listening. You respect us. I'm like, whatever. Which I one, just, the midgets or the ladies? Because <laughs> <laughs> it really midget. is a two pronged uh, joke. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, well, it is a two pronged joke, but it yeah. is actually a league called Major Midget out there, <laughs> I, which is funny. Major Midget, do those two things crossing together? They have a Major Midget team. Yeah, so I, I got to see this league. Did they televise any of the games? No, it's not that kind of Major Midget. No, no. it's not midgets. It's uh, it's 16 to 18. Oh, yeah, not okay. actually 17. It's not a bunch of Brad I, Williams I just, I was like, on I want to see a little uh, person and dangle. And I've seen Brad on. Williams on You just ice. go high yeah, on a midget goalie. <laughs> you go high, you go low. They have a problem. They have a problem. <laughs> they have a problem going low. I know. I, I know I'm going to get in trouble now. No, you're not. Great. Nobody cares There's just going to be trouble. There's going to no, be a protest no. outside. It's going to be a small protest outside. <laughs> there, there's, there, there's talk of the president's penis on an hourly basis right now. You're Ooh. fine making any sort of Ooh. statement. Yeah, the bar's Ooh. been lowered. Yeah. Oh, the thing was the taste of the Danforth. That's what he. That's oh, where he was. The, I was down at the Danforth. I was down at the Danforth, <laughs> smoking crack. It, the Danforth is a good area, and I will admit he probably has a point. <laughs> Ian is at the it improv. It starts out with Greek food, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> Greek food, beer, crack. If you go the other way, if you go, if you go down to, uh, uh, I can't remember the other way on the subway side. That's crank. That's a crank area. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's where the bikers are. Go from crack to speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. All, it's all different. The speed district. Ian's uh, at the improv this weekend. Four one two four six two. 5233improv.com. Get tickets to see Ian Bag. He's got shows tonight, 
doing the Thursday night shows right there. In yep, the, yep. Yeah. Psych, uh, psych for, for these shows. Let me tell you something, folks. I went out and saw Ian the last time he was in town, and I absolutely laughed my ass off the entire time. It was, it was such a funny show, oh, and you. you did such a uh, you do such great crowd work. But I can't remember who I was there with. But I remember it was you, Joey B. That's right. Uh, was it, who, were you opening for Burr the last time I was in town? Did you no, guys steal my would... crowd the last time I was in town? <laughs> That's happened to me a lot in San Francisco. He'd always be at Cobbs. I'd be at the punchline. Well, it's even worse now. He's at this giant theater just I... taking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I get four people left over. That's all I get. Every house in town is empty. <laughs> so for these four people that didn't have TV and don't know that I'm... Well, there'll be more people at your show than at the Power Game last night. Yeah, look at it that way. Well... The weather. The weather. There's more people at Permanis watching the game with me and Bob McLaughlin <laughs> than we're at the but, game. But do you think that? I think because of the weather, that's okay. I I, th- I think the same way. I think the weather plays a lot in this. I don't this. know. There's it's been a lot of debates. Right. It's not that they're horrible, and it's only three games in. Right. Four or five. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're already, are they mathematically out? That's the, <laughs> weird part. that's the weird part about baseball, right? It's been an hour into the league, and Pittsburgh is out. Four and 158. It's going to be a long season. Uh, Ian's at the improv. Joe will be with Bill Burr. Yes. Friday night. Uh, there are a few tickets for the late show. I'm gonna come to see your show tonight. Oh, I don't do even try. Don't even try. I don't need you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come tonight. Do you want? You want? Why don't you do a guest spot? It'd be. It would be awesome. Well, I love you, Mr. Bag. Yeah, as you should. I'm fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. You are absolutely one of the best. Hold on, I'm trying to keep this hat on my head, but my head keeps growing bigger. <laughs> and I thank you for your hat. Remember the time. You gave me a helmet when yeah. I, was, I was playing without a helmet. We're playing hockey. I played without a helmet, old or school shin style. I was I was wearing like jeans and skates. <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, you might want to wear a helmet." I go, oh, "Okay." And then, literally two <laughs> seconds later, I fell so hard backwards on my head. I was dizzy, and I was wearing a helmet. You saved my life. I saved his life. <laughs> Who's the best player as a comic? Ian Bag. No, it's really, a, it's what's his face from Wisconsin. I really like watching him skate. He's so smooth. Oh, you mean Nate Craig? Yeah, he's a good player. He knows how to, you know. I, I, I've played all my life, but I'm a donkey. I go out and skate with the Kings every once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah? And it's just it's just funny. It's just, I, I, <laughs> I just have a good time. So they're your adopted team. They're my adopted team. But I have a bunch of adopted it's teams. It's the mistress. That's we, me and Frazier, the Kings are our mistress. Yeah, the, peng- the penguins are the wife, right. well, and they also let me hold the Stanley Cup by myself. So you got, <laughs> yeah, and they trusted yourself. me. I'm like, that's okay, great. yeah, because everybody else, oh, you can touch it a little bit, and they're like, no, pick it up, carry it. How does it feel? <laughs> Put it on a ring. And then uh, <laughs> we drank, we drank a uh, uh, orange crush and vodka out of it. That's that's nice. the kind of person I am. What trash? <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, though. it was awesome. Orange it, crush and vodka. It is kind of funny though. Like I've seen, I saw the cup come out. It's Staples Center. Like, I saw the cup. I was there for game six. I've been to two parades, but I will still never wear any King paraphernalia ever. All right. Well, good. At least you- I wear everybody. I'm, I'm wearing a Winnipeg Jets hat right now. But isn't that kind of just like pro-Canada? Uh, it's, it is, it's my Canadian team going into this because I don't believe Toronto exists. Uh, uh, but but yeah, uh, but my, uh, my, my adopted Canadian team is Winnipeg. So, because Vancouver's my home team growing up, mm-hmm. because that's who we got on the radio at night, and I listened to, I'd listen to Tom Larshad, to all the shut-ins in Vancouver, British Columbia. You're like, and, a, you're uh, like a guy that puts his chips on just every number. Yeah. Someone's going to win. I'm that guy. 
I'm, I'm the Ar- Armenian guy at, at the casino. <laughs> click, click, click. I'm like, how much money has this guy got? <laughs> he just keeps bringing chips out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. About the like those Western Canada broadcasts, the radio broadcasts of the hockey games, there really were a lot of people. There, they're only oh, exposure yeah. to hockey was sitting in their little house yeah. listening on the radio well when i i hate toronto so much because when i grew up we didn't get all the channels it's not like now right it, it, we we got saturday games once in a while i think a thursday game or something like mm-hmm. that. but it was always toronto and we grew up vancouver as our team we had we got uh uh a calendar from Shoppers Drug Mart that had the Vancouver Canucks on it, and it was on our wall, and you'd watch it, and it would be excited, and you could mark off how many games you're going to see on TV, and then you'd listen to the rest on radio. Uh, so, how, yeah. how many would you go to uh, in a year? Like go to like yeah, actually attend any none. as a kid? No, right? I, I grew up a thousand miles away from a thousand yeah, miles. So, so my first <laughs> can I, uh, my first NHL game was with Dan Fraser and Jim Fraser, uh, two <laughs> Jehovah Witness guys that I grew up with. Uh, Jim had gotten married at 16 or something like that. He was now 19 and divorced, and he needed a Trans Am. So we were. So we drove. Midlife crisis. Oh, we drove in some sort of wreck of a car down to Vancouver to get him a Trans Am. And uh, uh, there was a van. I remember he bought a used Trans Am, and there was a, a van beside the Trans Am, and it said "Death Dealer" on it. I remember that. I remember. So, but we went. We went to a Vancouver Canucks game in Calgary, and that was in the old Pacific Coliseum. And uh, I was eighteen. I was my first. So that was time. the first time. You that was the first time. I seen it. And oh also, we got to see uh, 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 Motley Crue was recording an album in town, and we seen them at uh, the Marble Arch. No kidding. Yeah, it was a big wow. weekend. Trans Am hockey. Molly Crew. Yeah, you can't get uh, a better trifecta than that. Uh, Rob that should Ford. be a movie. But you and is it Bonnie sure. uh, Rich Foss's wife, Bonnie McFarlane? Yes. She also grew up in a remote part of Canada. She grew up uh, in Edmonton, uh, way up north. She grew up in uh, North. Some, no, no, everything's called North. But she grew up <laughs> where where there was a there was a, a, a army base, a military base, and yeah. they flew jets. Cold Lake, Alberta. That's where she grew up, and she was probably about. Six hours from Edmonton. So, how much did the remoteness of your upbringing sharpen your comedy skills? Uh, it's what I wanted to do. I, yeah. I, I had no idea how I did it because, to me, show business was an Archie's comic. Remember when Archie was walking down the street and a guy pulled up in a limo and said, "You look interesting. You yeah. should be in the movies." That's how I thought it worked. Hey. So I was confused. So I remember being a kid walking down the street. I'm like, "Oh man, I hope a limo shows up." We didn't get in the van. We didn't even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I was going to say, dealer. We didn't even have a limo service in town, so I knew I was not going to be in show business. So, <laughs> so okay, what, a limo was the nice cab. Like there was five cabs. In town and the nice cab with the limo. When was the uh, first time you did stand up? Uh, I was 22, 23. I was headed off to go to college to become a explosions engineer. Wow. I was working in a gold mine in northern, up near my town. And uh, I went to school and I was like, I got to try this stand up. And my buddy said, I know a comedy club. Let's go to a comedy club and watch comedy. I'm like, okay. So I went and watched and then I did an open mic the next week and, and I didn't go back to school. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, how I great is that? that? I'm like, I'm not going back. That I'm, was I'm, it. I'm in show business now. Been on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Bags at the Improv this weekend. You should definitely go see Ian. 412-462-5233. Improv.com. Get your tickets to see Ian Bag. He'll be there through Sunday night. And uh, by the way, just a look ahead at tomorrow's show. I mean, this is like... 
we have basically like a Hall of Fame of comedy. Not only is uh, Joe Bartnick going to be here, along with Ian Bag. Bill Burr is going to be live in studio, and our friend Jim Brewer is going to be calling us early on oh, the show tomorrow. Oh, so we are we get a nice packed house of comedy for you tomorrow morning on the DVE Morning Show. And today's no uh, no slouch. It's coming up a second. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow's <laughs> a very exciting. Game. Yeah, this is like the play. It's like a play in game. I, I, I just go to sleep if I was people wait for tomorrow. <laughs> More with Ian Bag and Joe Bartnick coming up on DVE. Prince. DVE Sports. Tim Benz, <coughs> pardon me, <laughs> mouthful of, <laughs> mouthful of the morning, mm. Tim Benz, <laughs> oh yeah. Filling in for Mike Pursuit of Tim Benz with your sports on DVE. Well, with Joe and Ian here, you got to start hockey, right? Yeah, you got it. Especially with the game tonight, 96 points apiece for the Blue Jackets and the Penguins on 105.9 The X, 7 o'clock faceoff. It's entirely possible these two Metro teams could play each other in the first round of the playoffs. Last year, Pittsburgh beat Columbus. They've won all three games against the Blue Jackets thus far this season. Evgeny Malkin can't imagine what life would be like with an early playoff exit. I agree. I agree. Like it's like I'm under, not understand. Like if like three more days and you're done, it's like it's different. If you lost first round or you lost finals, you know, it's still like first round is so quick. It's okay. It's two more weeks and you're done. It's we're not uh, we, we're not happy with this. You know, we we understand we need done in June. My favorite thing about Gino Soundbites is he sound like he could have a seven minute shift and not be exhausted. He sounds like he exhausts himself every yeah. sentence. <gasps> he's always out of breath. Yeah. His sound bites sound like he's uh, attempting to lay down in the middle of it. Like he's just <coughs> kind of oh, getting well, lower. He's lower oxygen on the bench. About to get a nap and uh... is he an oligard? <laughs> I don't know. Russian oligarchs. I don't oh, know. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Is, is he? I don't An know. oligarch? Yeah. I mean, he no, but I, I think, think oligarchs is. are holding his brother hostage. Uh, uh, yeah. Dennis. Uh, right. I know he, <laughs> he had to be whisked out of Magnetoskork back in the day. Magnetoskork, yeah. Well, however you say it. The Russian Pittsburgh. Right. That's he how was, we always told it. But aren't we basically, isn't every place the whatever Pittsburgh? Yeah, Hamil- Hamilton was the Russian Pittsburgh in Canada for a while. Uh, right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a Pittsburgh in every yeah. place we want to assign. Right? Yes. Yes. We uh, need a sister yeah. city in every country. Right. Everybody from Eastern Europe got here and they were like, yeah, this looks pretty much the <laughs> same. Right we even have our own hill. It's called <laughs> Polish the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they smuggled him out of Russia. They, they put smuggled him, him? Yeah, they put him on a plane and hit him under some luggage. Like we were talking about Spirit before. He was somebody's carry-on in a plastic bag. Yeah, he did. He, <laughs> he they was, smuggled him in. He, how? Well, it wasn't, what's, what's his face was smuggled too, right? Who? Old Thick Legs McGee and his... And his <laughs> Yager? Uh, Yager, yeah. Thank you for... Thick <laughs> Legs McGee. Winnipeg, the only team Yager has yet to play for, by the way. And, and he just ran out of time. Yes, that's, I guess that's, so. He would have yeah, played there, yeah. He's uh, just trying to meet girls in every city. He's doing well at it, too. You want, you want to touch my hair? That was my favorite thing about him when Go one girl tried to blackmail yeah. him. This is the best thing ever. In bed, he's like, I don't care. Go ahead and post it. <laughs> Good like for it. me. He's just passed out, you know, after a night of, like, striking out in the, in the casino, hooks up with some chick, totally just zonked. She's like, I am going to make money off this. He's like, no, you're not. I don't care. <laughs> not happening. You picked the wrong numbers, too. <laughs> I have loan sharks that they're looking to get paid back from my bets. 
Here's Ian Cole on the playoff intensity ramping up now that he's facing his former team. Oh, no, I mean, it, it always ramps up uh, as the season goes on and, and, you know, gets into that playoff push and, and then certainly into the playoffs and uh, that excitement builds and builds. And, um, you know, yeah, you, you feel it for sure, but you, you don't try to let it get the best of you. You try to stay, um, you know, calm with your emotions, uh, certainly emotional, but, um, you know, under control. Other big games in the uh, NHL, Leafs and the Devils, Flyers and Hurricanes, Bruins and Florida. And uh, Ian, if you grew up listening to Vancouver games, mm -hmm. what is post-Sedine life going to be like uh, in Vancouver? Everybody thinks they're a bad team now. Well, <laughs> enjoy next year, my friends. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it, right? They're retiring yeah, they're tonight retiring. as their last home game. Yeah. My talk together. To my dad, together for the same team, holding hands, dancing <laughs> they'll probably play, they'll probably play some ABBA as they leave the ice. Uh, my dad, I talked to my dad yesterday when I was on the airport, and he got all choked up. Those, those guys gave you know they gave millions of dollars to the children's hospital. They're just so great. And I'm like, all right, dad, yeah, well, it's time for them to go. Yeah, but yeah, but you can't fill those shoes. And I'm like, uh, how you doing? when did you get so emotional in your old age? You just starts crying about the Sedins retiring. It'd be like if Sid and Gino retired on the same day. Yeah. Basically. And if they were conjoined like Chang and Egg. Right. But yeah. Slash one, the other one feels it, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't think either of them feel. They had that Eastern, <laughs> they, they had that European look where, yeah. where they never celebrated goals. You did? Oh, no. And then, <laughs> and then back to the bench, just sit down like robots. That's awesome. Pirates played the Twins yesterday, lost their first game 7-3. Final score, Josh Bell homered in the loss. Reds in town for the first of four. Masters get going at 8.30, so they just started, just teed off. Tiger tees off at 10.40, and he sounds eh, pretty confident. What would success be? A W. No equivocation. Okay, green jacket. Who's the favorite? I like my chances. It's Tom Rinaldi doing the interview for ESPN. He has I like such, my chances. Such gravitas with every question he asks, you know? Well, you look, people are really counting on Tiger to, to make a, uh, an appearance here and, you know, actually show some flashes at least. That he's able to compete. Because he's the betting if, favorite again. They've know. had to move the line a bunch because it, of him. People are throwing so much money down on him. I just, I, you know, it's he might a, be distracted though. He's in another battle with an ex-girlfriend. That's right. Over a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, but he's like Trump at this point. He does not, that NDAs. stuff. That is a tiny yeah. little titsy fly landing on him. He does he not feel care. it at all. She was like Elon Norgren light. I wasn't all that impressed. I do. She's not like Perkins waitress level, but I wasn't all that impressed. Uh, you got to respect the way that his uh, Elon Nordgren handled that whole thing, though. She was like, she beat him up with a hockey club and took everything. <laughs> a hockey yeah. club? Yeah. No, hockey, no, no. hockey club. <laughs> well, she clubbed him with a... A summertime hockey club. Otherwise <laughs> known as a golf club. She clubbed him like a hockey player with a golf club. <laughs> uh, Steelers news, Nat Burhey. <laughs> Signs with Pittsburgh, defensive back with the Giants, safety. He's expected to be kind of a special teams guy. Rob Golden signed with the uh, KC Chiefs, so he's going to be his replacement. More definitely, like. can, I, can I interrupt? Yeah. He definitely has a look that he likes. Mm -hmm. Tiger? Right, yeah. Well, I, yeah I, I think he likes everything. Because remember, there were some brunettes sprinkled in there, too. Yeah, was but that there? was just, just kind of like on this. I couldn't those find are one what off. I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the one that Rachel, what's her name? She was brunette. My favorite that was one, the uh, that one. Yeah, let me narrow it Can down. Can you be more specific, Rachel? The Perkins waitress yeah. was my favorite one, and she had this like 
picture of her that she was giving all the media outlets to use that was like professionally done and it looked like she had fallen down the steps it was like her <laughs> at the bottom of a stairwell like looking all sultry and stuff but her hair everything was sort of askew and it looked like she just had a terrible accident she, she yeah. had tripped but she didn't want anybody to know <laughs> she slipped down right the now. kitchen getting the hash browns um, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention this at all but I used to date a girl back in the day that worked at Nike and her friend that she worked with there slept with him all the time and she looked exactly like the blonde oh really she, yeah, she, and I, I was always like wow your friend's really hot and she's like ah, she's out of control <laughs> <laughs> every time Tiger comes to town there you go yeah look at Val's got the whole the whole list up here there's quite the well there, array. there's three three brunettes yeah well, it's three. Like a dartboard. That's like you go for your favorite sauce, but it's not there, so you have to get the other sauce. <laughs> it's like a dartboard, and the only thing he didn't hit was a redhead. Oh, redheads are scary. One. Yeah, no, no. They, 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 they would have gotten stabbed with the, a hockey club. <laughs> An entire club. Yeah. The whole no, team. Yeah, right through them. <laughs> Um, lastly, James Harrison says he wants to keep playing. He's a free agent. Patriots haven't retained his services yet. Uh, he'd be playing at the age of 40. Only four other players have done that on defense. And the other story that's sweeping uh, the Internet as it relates to football is Super Bowl 50 MVP Vaughn Miller off the coast of Miami caught a giant hammerhead shark. Have you seen this thing? Uh-uh. It is massive. So he reels it in, and clearly the thing is dead. And whoever's driving the boat realizes, yo, we can't catch and keep this. This is illegal. So they kind of put it back in the water to make no. it, oh, it's catch and release. Well, PETA could tell right away that the shark had been killed. So now Vaughn Miller is under attack by PETA. He could spend 60 days in jail and have to pay a $500 fine for catching and Is it like a protected species a, or Yeah, something? it's a protected oh, species. Well. It's a, uh, I've got it down here, a class three shark, according to the Fish and Wildlife Game Commission. Punishable up to a $500 fine, which I think Vaughn can handle. And 60 days in jail as determined by a judge. I think he can handle that, too. I want to see James Harrison catch a shark doing the hand fishing. Yeah. yeah. Like stick his hand in the ocean and come back with a shark. <laughs> noodling. Noodling. Yes, noodling. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a shark problem in front of our house. I live on the beach in California. And we have a shark problem. And I had to fight with the lifeguards that it was sharks. They just kept telling me it was dolphins. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. They they smile different. I remember saying that. But <laughs> I, I kept saying because we have, we have junior lifeguards in front of our house, and it's a thousand kids swimming up and down in front of our place, like children. And I, they're like, no, they're dolphins. I'm like, they're sharks. They're kids there. Yeah. Can somebody say something? Ian, and not. And nothing looks there. stupider, though, when you think it's a shark and it's really a dolphin. I'd rather. I was like, a, we were the other I'd way like, around. Uh, yeah, I'd rather look. <laughs> Isn't that how Jaws started? Isn't that the start of Jaws though? <laughs> no, because well, I don't. I don't remember. Well, was the, I thought it was the girl on the beach. Yeah. No, but not the very start. But I mean, in the beginning, aren't they like worried about something? They're like, ah, oh, it's a dolphin. Stop worrying, you big worry wart. <laughs> Everything's fine on the beach, and then it was oh, chomp, yeah. chomp, chomp. After that. Oh my goodness, that's exactly what they called me, the worry ward. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the I was at the Captain Hooks gig in uh, Tampa. Oh, Captain Hooks, you know Captain whatever. O'Brien. Oh yeah, in, yeah, in Tampa. yeah, yeah. So there's oh, like yeah. a, there's like thousand people in the beach. We're all like hanging out in the water. All of a sudden, sc- someone screams, "It's a shark!" We see a fin. We run like you know, running of the bulls. People screaming. It's like it's like seeing the jaws. And all of a sudden, the lifeguard's like, "That's a dolphin." Oh no, kidding. Yeah, and it was like. 
Oh, okay. Oh. Then I remembered. And then everybody I, ran back in and beat the snot <laughs> out of the dolphin. <laughs> you see those videos? They're very horny animals. So I think everybody should have gotten out of the out of the water. Yeah, the dolphins they like do like their their penises curl up under the people when they're riding them, yeah. and they start like mounting. What, dude? It's, there's like YouTube videos. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah, it's not another. that I on Pornhub <laughs> or anything like that. It's like it's another one of those Sea World fetish, events. We know. <laughs> Shamu's dancing at the. Uh, Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> is that the, is that the after, of Black after Stormy Water? Daniels yes. a blush? <laughs> is Stormy Daniels in town? Because I want to go check out her shoulders. She's coming in May. May yeah. Her May shoulders? Have, in all her interviews, I'm like, yeah. check out the shoulders. Well, she's she's got to carry those things around. <laughs> right. You need some upper body strength. Oh, she could totally take down James Harrison. More <laughs> with Ian Bag and Joe Barnick when we come back. It's the DV Morning Show. Ian Bag is with us. He's at the Improv all weekend long. 412-462-5233. Improv.com. Get your tickets to see... The super funny and very Canadian Ian Bag until Sunday night. <laughs> Shows tonight through Sunday. And Joe, are you really going to pop out tonight? I'm absolutely going to pop out tonight. Joe Bartnick. Uh, yesterday, John Cruck had this to say about what he did as a player during rain delays. Well, I, you know, I know we're not censored here, but I can't tell you what I did <laughs> during rain delays. Wow, it was that? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. After the game's over. I can't mention it now. Let's put it this way. I wasn't watching any video of any pitcher. No. That was that was key. I is mean it, Is that how he lost a ball? <laughs> Man. He, he really Terrible went at accident. it. He really went at it. I spent many a drunken night with John Crook. Really? Yeah, when I used to work at the Clark Bar. That's no how he lost kidding. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was uh, the Phillies were great, the Reds were great. I have a gr- I have a Pedro Guerrero story. Really? The one that OJ Simpson blamed uh didn't he he blamed Pedro Guerrero to the cops for the like cocaine possession or something like that? Do you remember that story? No. He's like I, Pedro I, Guerrero brought all the coke. I don't, I don't know about that, but I, I guess it's been 30 years. So OJ. But when Pedro Guerrero, uh, I used to be good friends with R.J. Reynolds, and we used to party with Hold Pedro on. Guerrero. The cigarette company? The uh, fourth outfielder, because he oh, okay. couldn't play every day. He's a, great, he's a great broadcaster. Oh, is he a broadcaster here? Yeah. Well, no. he was, Wasn't he on MLB Network? I've, no, I, I have a better chance else. of watching like the country music channel than the major league baseball. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. By the way, OJ, he was when he called nine one one on Nicole and he said she had been doing drugs with Pedro Guerrero for two days. That's he's funny. like she's been doing drugs with Pedro Guerrero for two days. He just totally <laughs> ratted him out. Turns out it was Bartnick. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicole's not my type. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. Mean it. No. So anyways I didn't mean you murdered her <laughs> I stabbed her a few times <laughs> Wait so what was your, your You worked at the Clark Bar as a bouncer Worked at the Clark Bar as a bouncer Some Part time bartender Yeah a little bit of everything What year was this? Uh, 90s Okay uh, Early 90s When Benilla was a pirate Okay First I used to hang with Benilla First time I ever heard Vanilla Ice Was in Benilla's uh, Mercedes With Daryl Strawberry uh, you Are you kidding me? You got to listen to this tape. Dude, you were sitting in Bonilla's Mercedes with Daryl Strawberry listening to Vanilla Ice. Yeah, and I, and, and I remember Bobby turned to me and goes, can you believe this is a white boy? And you like, didn't know? Yes, I I can. had no idea. It was the first time I heard the song. I, I mean, I listened to ACDC. I didn't know Vanilla Ice from right. anybody. Yeah. I'm like, it's a white boy, yeah. That is awesome. That is hilarious. What kind of car was it? It was a Mercedes. Was Daryl Strawberry smoking crack? Yeah. No, he was in the front seat. The Mets were all cool guys. Those guys were great. 
Dude, every major league player was cool, except for literally Bonds and Junior Ortiz. Really? Junior Ortiz was a dastard. Oh, yeah. He had an inferiority complex. Yeah, his dad really took him down. <laughs> <laughs> senior <laughs> Ortiz. <laughs> his father wasn't even senior. It was, it was just his, his whole family took him down, just called him Junior, even though there wasn't. <laughs> So wait, Cruck was a good guy? Cruck was a great guy. I've heard nothing but good stories about him. Yeah. He all those baseball like players guy, right? were great in those days because you know what? Nobody cared. They, they all just partied and no one, it wasn't on TV every day. And it, they, right. they didn't have to work <laughs> out. Like, they, didn't yeah. do, they didn't drink like protein drinks. They drank Miller Life's. Yeah, they got hammered all the time. All the time. That's yeah. why RJ only played like every other every other couple games. Well, John Cruck was kind of like the Phil Kessel of the '90s. Like he had that <laughs> same look where it was like, look like, is a- this guy an elite athlete? And to be out of shape in those days as a baseball player is saying something. Right, because there was not exactly like the strictest uh, of uh, health regimens. Yeah, like those guys didn't work out. They didn't do anything. They, they hung out. They were the best. Dude, they were watching porn oh, in the rain delay. That's a little weird, though. I mean, honestly, you guys go to watch porn during a rain delay, yeah. like... That's just not. Hey, he might have had a problem. Hey, guys, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> I got a new video. You guys want to go watch it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just hanging out with a bunch of people. I don't know. It's yeah. just like community porn. I never understood that when people were yeah. like, uh, you know, bachelor party. Hey, dude, I got it. Like in the old TV shows, they'd be like, we got a stag film. No you know, which meant, a, you know, whatever, a porno movie. And then but it just like, gets a real quiet. It's just a weird <laughs> group activity. Yeah. Yeah. Porn for the group? All men. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, but a strip club has that has a similar vibe to it. But there's girls there, live yes, ones, live ones. That's I a think, big deal. That's the. I think every, guys go to strip clubs because there's a chance they might leave with her. My favorite thing to say to come coming out of a strip club is, "I thought it'd be different this time." <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill and I went with a group of, of comics one time, and one of them oh, yeah. was convinced he was. In this woman, like they had a connection. She was into me, dude. Like would not stop the whole night. It it really confounded. No, she told him. me I was different. He wanted to go back to the club, and we're like, dude, is it Gaffigan's you? out of his mind? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it was him. She really liked pop tarts. Some guys do have connections with strippers that they're like, uh, no, like I swear to God, a lot a lot of strippers like me for some reason. I don't know why. I no the stories because you look like you could protect them. You look like a bouncer. You look like their father. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> no, like no, like I have a weird like little cavork. Dogs and strippers somehow have an attraction. To no, me. but girls it's love your, you, man. I've been out with like not, like girls like talking to you. You like you uh, girls are attracted to your presence. Yeah, I, I know. I've it seen help it. Me. I don't get a discount on lap dances, but they just seem right. to dump their lives. You know, like oh yeah, that stinks. You I know. could talk to him. I could really <laughs> talk to him because <laughs> I'm deaf in one ear. So. They're... <laughs> it helps a little bit yeah yeah all those rock concerts like i can't hear anything oh yeah do it's you, good you... for my marriage <laughs> you think she's talking <laughs> i just nod yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course mm, probably yeah. do you, do you use the uh, earplugs at the shows no, because I'm so deaf now that every, everything isn't that loud anymore. Like, oh. I went to ACC, I'm like, oh, they're not that loud anymore. And they're oh. like, oh, my God, I couldn't hear for a week and a half. Probably yeah. the loudest concert acoustic. I ever saw was ACDC <laughs> at the Civic Arena. Ugh. It was one of the loudest. Yeah, ACDC can't hear anymore. I mean, I that's know. why they, they they left Brian Johnson's luggage on a, in his driveway. Well, they had to be demonstrative because <laughs> so. they kept trying to fire him, and he didn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate even laughing about that. Some people hate rape that jokes. Sucks. I hate Brian Johnson jokes. I know. They, they, they're they're offensive. Tough. It's, Brutal. God, it's, I love that man. Well, yes. they should have known when to retire. 
the one guy was trying to kill people. The drummer was trying to kill people. <laughs> Murder hookers. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, one guy can't hear. <laughs> one guy's still dressed like a seven-year-old. <laughs> With velvet shorts. Yeah. But they people still are being sell replaced by their kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd still go. Well, uh, they got they got Axl Rose. Uh, supposed to be working on a new record with them. Yeah, see, now I can't take my daughter to ACDC anymore. I wanted to bring her to ACDC and show her AC, the greatest band ever, but now it's like, eh, it's The actual like, thing is more of a tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, that how you but say it? It's just going to be Angus. Is that really He's the it? only guy Malcolm left in the band. Died. Malcolm DC. died. Malcolm died. The bass player retired after the last tour. <laughs> Cliff Williams. Phil yes. Rudd. If Brian Johnson Phil comes Rudd back, the... though, Cliff quit in solidarity. Like, well, if Brian's not going to go... That I'm not going to. Is that really what it was? I I'm not. We could ask Jim Brewer because he definitely has more inside information than me. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow, but that's Brewer, what I, that, no. that's what I heard through. I'd hire sources. Brewer. Right. Did you guys see the video of Brewer singing with Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden? No. He way. did. He did. You ACDC. shook me all night long. Yeah. With Billy Joel on guitar. Is it? I'm not kidding. <laughs> Which sounds made up. It doesn't I sound love real. It. I, I'm not even kidding. Jim Brewer, hold on, I'll pull oh, Jim it up. Brewer's a, he does an amazing. He does amazing, Brian but Jackson. I just I just love the where comedians end up. I remember Gaffigan saying to me once, you know, people we know are going to win Academy Awards at some point, right? <laughs> and then, and I remember I remember thinking, what are you talking about? And then he got bitter, and I'm gonna I, I don't know who it's going to be first, but I'm going to be mad about it. It's going to be mad that somebody. Meanwhile, win he's Academy. a really good actor. Uh, Gaffigan's a great actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good in everything, and I've seen him in a couple of movies where it's because he has no emotions. He was just in the <laughs> Law and Order. I was like, "That's Gaffigan." Here's yeah. Brewer. I mean, the crowd is going crazy. He's riding the wave, man. The and band. he's smartly getting on. He's letting the crowd sing the... It's... Do you have the beginning where he introduces him? Uh, I'll have to look at it. Let me take a commercial break, and I'll get a better copy of that, too. Oh, Ian Bags hanging out with us in studio. Jim Brewer will be on the show tomorrow. I, well, of course, we got to ask Way better that. show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'll be here tomorrow, I know, too. but it's a way better. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I, I'll probably get into trouble for this, but right. I remember I remember a couple years ago... Uh, the women's team was really good in Canada, and 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 they were beating everybody. And then they played a major midget team and lost. And, <laughs> I, I, and I just remember, I just remember that. Well, that puts everything in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and I know somebody's out there listening. You respect us? I'm like, whatever. Which I one, just, the midgets or the ladies? <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, and it deserves to be to be noted that uh, midget hockey in uh, Canada. It does not uh, denote uh, no. little people, dwarfs, no. or anything like that. No, that's Which bugs. is unfortunate. Right. We call them bugs. Bugs. <laughs> you call them bugs. Much, much less derogatory. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the youngest group of hockey players in Canada, bugs. Oh, bugs. Yeah, the, bugs. Tiny, the tiny tots. Yeah, but we also, we also, call, not little, the... we also call little people bugs. <laughs> so you've seen Brad Williams skate. 
Uh, yes. Yes. He, he's playing he hockey. He came out to, with us. I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that's... I remember Vince Vaughn trying to skate. Yeah, he's. I think he was at that one, too, yeah. It was it Vince, was Vince Vaughn or or a little person, a dwarf, you know? <laughs> Which one do you look at? What do you choose? <laughs> So, I look at Vince Vaughn because I almost ran him over, and I had no chance in Hollywood anyway. But then running over Vince Vaughn would have been it, completely it. Oh yeah, I Vince Vaughn loses that. two fingers to Jewel Burnick. Are you worried about that if you're playing hockey? Like your, the showbiz ramifications of your uh, of your extracurricular activities? You're no, right. but my, I would always think like, well, if I have an early flight Tuesday morning, I better not go Monday night and uh, sprain my ankle because I got to I got to get to Columbus. Oh right, yeah. That, that's my ramification. Yeah, you can't be on the DL. <laughs> But you yeah. weren't worried about running over a producer or anything like that. No, I no. I mean, who, who's the biggest? I mean, JP Buck maybe the only guy. Like, no, but, I used to play in some leagues. It used to be Mike Myers and and people yeah. like that. Uh, Alec Trebek and uh, uh, my favorite, uh, <laughs> the guy that died on the ice, uh, which is just a great way to start a story. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Alan, hello, I'm Alan Thick. He died yeah, he, playing hockey. Yeah, he played where oh, we yeah, at, right. at the at the skate. I used to go skate. No with him at, kidding, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was in the middle, of, and apparently he was joking on the way back. Hey, make sure you get a coffee with me because I'm Alan Thick. We'll see you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, he I could play. I heard though. Yeah, he was he 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 was he was really good, but he's he was a young pretty boy, and I remember he I did his reality show with him, and he said I wanted to play in this league, and a couple guys wanted me to play in the league, and some of my friends talked me out of it because I would have been beaten up. Alan no. Thicke yeah. thought he could play uh, like uh, professional but, hockey. Yeah, professional, but like minor professional hockey. I was too yeah. good looking to play hockey. They were gonna put me in a team in Stockton. I'm like, you would have been murdered. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Just getting to the rink. Ian Bag is with us. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Four one two four six two five two three three. Improv dot com to get yourself tickets. Just quickly before I uh, move it over to Val. This is Billy Joel introducing Jim. Brown. Yeah, this is, this is a tough song to sing, and uh, you might know him as. Uh, the Goat Boy from Saturday Night Live. You see if you can pull this off. Please welcome Mr. Jim Brewer. Yeah. I mean, that has to be... I think Brewer was pissed at all about the, that intro. That intro. I was going to say that intro really? was a little Goat bit. Boy? Goat Boy, and let's see if he can pull this off. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's you, see. We'll ask him about that. I'm sure he was kind of like, ah, yeah, to bring ah. up Goat Boy. Yeah. I dropped that character a long time ago. Well, the uh, Jim Brewer, of course, was the headliner for our, our uh, inaugural DVE Comedy Festival, and now uh, the aforementioned Brad Williams appearing this year along with Burt Kreischer, Sarah Tiana, Rory Scovel, and uh, Bill Crawford. Now, that show sold out, but we have some more shows to announce that are going to be uh, after and the next day. So details on those coming up soon. So if you uh, didn't, uh, if you weren't lucky enough to get tickets for the, the main show, there's going to be a lot more opportunities to see comedy that weekend. So or get your... invited to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're here now. <laughs> This is too I soon. love that you got guilty. That was awesome. I had an answer ready. You can't, you can't, you can't. No, no, no. You can't, you can't. No, no. You can't, you can't. No, no. <laughs> Craig Shoemaker got mad, too. He's like, I'm not mad. He's like, dude, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't call and ask. I'm like, you retired from comedy. You told me you retired. <laughs> you knew I wasn't going to really retire. You knew I needed It was like a Michael it. Jordan retirement. 
<laughs> you doing comedy yeah, with a different bits? number now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can see Ian Bag this weekend at the Improv. Joe Bartnick is going to be performing with Bill Burr at the Benham. Bill will be on the show tomorrow. Val Porter has news for you right now on DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 30 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. According to a new study, being lazy is actually a sign of high intelligence. Researchers found it. you're a genius, Joe. <laughs> I, absolutely. Researchers found that people with higher IQs get bored less easily, so that means that they're happy just sitting around thinking about stuff, and they don't need to stay physically active or busy to keep their mind stimulated with external activities. Yeah, the one thing that I always rationalize my like sitting around doing nothing with is the idea that I like, keep hearing like, well, you know, you need to have downtime for your brain. You can't. Just be <laughs> active. The brain needs fuel, Recovery and you get time. that fuel for by by just sitting around mm. and uh, thinking about stuff and and not being actively uh, engaged mm. in a project. It's like mm. restarting the computer, right? But I think that that that's probably like one of those things when someone says like a certain food is good for you, and you're like, well, well, if I eat nine pounds of it, <laughs> but, you know. If I sit and binge Netflix for two days, that's good for me, right? With red wine for my blood pressure. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think you can sort of rationalize away an entire day of sitting in front of the television oh, if you wanted to. I love to. it. Yeah, are you a Netflix binger? I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Netflix binger. I'm a binger of marathon shows. Like? The last one I watched was The Detour. Have you seen that on TBS? The, mm-hmm. uh, the Detour. Uh, yeah, I know. Jason. Uh... Yeah. It's, I can't remember his last name, but it is the funniest show on TV right now. He's uh, the husband of Samantha B. Samantha B's yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's stronger. Jason too. Jones? Yeah, Jason Jason Hairylegs Jones. Yes. Yeah. It looks very funny. It's really funny. Yeah. And I, I had no idea it existed, and I was taking a time out in the middle of the night <laughs> while I was in Kentucky and ended up watching eight hours of the show. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it was so good. See, that's funny, because typically people will binge something that is not l- like a sitcom, or it, they usually do the reality shows. Right. We'll do like the Shark Tank or something like that. Or Locked Up. Or something like oh, that. Yeah. Locked up. Just, I can't do it. Neither I can I. Can't watch shows about jail. Yeah. It's the whole point of not being in jail. <laughs> <laughs> what would I watch a show about it? <laughs> the last thing I want to do is have the prison experience in my living room. Yeah. It just seems like it's going to be boring. Here's a guy that lives in two feet. What's he going to do? Maybe make some toilet wine. We don't know. Oh, man, this is going to be exciting. Yeah, this is a little tiny space this guy lives. Let's watch the part of Walkman and figured out how to give tattoos. What? How? Well, that's why I didn't like intervention. Intervention was always too depressing for me. And then I also start comparing myself to the person who's being intervened with. Yeah, that's. uh, I'm not that bad. Is intervention on anymore? I'm not I sure. So. I, it's on, but I don't know if it's new episodes. It used to be so. It used to be on A and E a lot at the same time as Southwest Airlines had a show. Do you remember that? They were like around the same time. Mm. Southwest follow- Airlines had a show. Yeah. What and was it? It was about kicking people off of airplanes because they were drunk. And <laughs> oh, it was they, like a reality show? It was about, a reality oh show. But it, it was, they were kicking people off because they were drunk, and then they would have intervention, and then they'd always put their people onto a Southwest plane. <laughs> I'm like, you just kicked that other guy off. <laughs> How can you put that crackhead on there? <laughs> I thought Get Rob South- Ford off there. 
I thought Southwest <laughs> was going to have like a stand-up comedy series with all their flight attendants. Oh, oh no. no, that is the worst, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, it's I guess bad. that they have to be excited, but for us people, we are <laughs> better than that because we are in show business. <laughs> well, you know, the new Virgin video. I don't know the president of Virgin. Her, uh, her, his wife must want to be like a video, uh, like director, because mm-hmm. the safety video is mm-hmm. like forty-five minutes. It's like it's like the opening of the Oscars. <laughs> You know which one I'm talking about on Virgin? I've never they, ta- I've song. never oh, yes. song. Fly that. It goes forever. Did, did they beatbox in it I think in the middle of it? <laughs> I think, I, 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 the fat boys come out. It's perfect yeah. kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "Oh my god, they've hired like a thousand It must have shot it like in Toronto cuz they they could afford to shoot it. There's like so many actors and it's, Why did it's they not take Canada down. Because I'm looking right at you. Oh, you go, whoa. That's where you think all the virgins live. <laughs> no, I've been to Toronto. Oh, yeah. The girls are on it. It's a free. <laughs> the boys The boys can't meet anybody. But the girls, oh, yeah. There's only Free six range breasts up there. No one wears a bra in Toronto. It's incredible. Mm, really? You got to go further north. You might, <laughs> you might like your chickens pent. <laughs> <laughs> You, 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 you've never noticed that in Toronto? Uh, I, no. Maybe I'm just there in the summer all the time. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I look in girls' eyes. <laughs> you are a gentleman. A Western Canadian gentleman. You know, they say people who don't wear bras are geniuses, Val. Oh, good. Yeah. They could be lazy with no bra on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some... <laughs> <laughs> Some epic conversations that happen in bars, debates, arguments. A new survey looking at our drunken interactions found the best ones took place Friday nights around 7.52 p.m. after 3.3 drinks oh. and when mm. you're drinking beer, not wine, or cocktails. That's early. Mm. That's what I thought. Well, well maybe Real it's early. happy hour after happy hour. Friday night, hour. finishing off the week. Yeah. Uh, the 10 things we're most likely to talk about, number one is old memories. Wait, yeah. That's no th- arguments there, though. That's just uh, subjective. So it's, well, that's three drinks in. You know, but number Unless two. you have a friend there from your childhood that's going to dispute you. Oh, n- yeah. Number two is just completely random conversations. These are the discussions that take place okay. in bars, not arguments. I I saw I was sitting across a bar once, and I heard a guy say to another guy, "You remind me of a Viking." <laughs> oh, Val, Viking? I have an idea what kind of bar that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, next is TV shows, so that might create an argument. Yeah, funny stories, gossip, the news certainly would create arguments movies music jokes and sports yeah those are 10 on the list movies and sports movie sports and music i think are the biggest like i would say gossip oh yeah because it's seven o'clock on a friday after work so i would say gossip would be number one yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you have a couple of of pops before you have anything in your stomach start letting coming straight off work you haven't eaten yet i hate david yeah (laughs) (laughs) i hate him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah because tv shows unless you watch the same show it's it's like a car that won't start do you watch that no nah, i don't do you watch no nah, nah. yeah i mean you end up sitting around I just did it with asking, the detour <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> unless everybody watches the same show it's or just... the no spoilers thing no, I mean, don't, don't talk about uh, it no, uh, that, that, i gotta uh, tape uh, that who did like that Three three drinks in at seven p.m. is pretty impressive, though. Three point three. Yeah, I would say that's pretty impressive, right? It, de- it depends. 
If you get off at six, sounds like just well, warming up to me. Yeah, if you get there at five o'clock, I mean, two Happy hours, hour five to seven. Yeah, I am such a pansy. I, <laughs> I, I am down after three point five drinks. Really, and I need two days to recover. I'm no that kidding. Guy. Yeah. yeah, me too. I, 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 my me. recovery rate oh. is just embarrassing now. Hey, oh, we're going yeah. out. Well, I'm going to have to clear a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I got to cancel. I'm supposed to go to Pittsburgh. I'm having a glass of wine with my wife on Monday. <laughs> so it's sad. I've found that like for now at this age that I'm at, making plans with somebody is just a game of chicken to see who's gonna <laughs> cancel first. That's awesome. And I I I'm so happy when somebody else does. I'm like, oh God, thank you. it's it's just a relief. Do you think it's tougher to cancel now that we have cell phones? Yeah. Well, no, I think it's easier. No, it's it's tougher because then you can, like you have to go no on excuse. a blackout for all your social media accounts. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You can get caught lying oh, yeah. about something you have to do. Well, yeah. you can't do something else, but the ultimate of just staying home, you just text, hey, I'm not feeling so well. It's a yeah. text. You don't even have to pretend. Uh, you don't have to fake right, that. I'm right. sick. You don't have to Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. You just text. I love texting. I'm not going. I'm, I'm done. Happy face emoji. <laughs> Throw up. <laughs> Are guys allowed to use emojis? Uh, a couple guys I know. <laughs> Joe, you're not an emoji guy. You know That's what? I, I'm going to confess. <laughs> I'm going to confess. I used to think emojis were for 12 year old girls. Then I realized I could save paragraphs of typing with just thumbs up. Bam. Yeah. Love just, it. Just do a thumbs up. The other thing is, okay. is sometimes it gives it like because, you know, you can't convey sarcasm right. or tone of voice in a text. And sometimes it helps, particularly like with my parents. Like, yeah. let them know, like, hey, I'm just busting balls here. This is a joke. I, this is we don't need to discuss it any further. Because if I don't have like the, you know, ha 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 emoji, sometimes my mom will be like, oh well, I hope I that? didn't offend you with. The, I was just wondering uh, if you were maybe gonna like. No, it's not a thing. I was well, like, just it, a joke. Um, I, I can emoji my mom. I'm not gonna emoji my dad. But my no. dad would be like, what is this? Yeah, I'm always afraid I'm, I'm going to send your dad's texting. <laughs> I'm always afraid I'm going to sm- send the wrong smiley face. Oh, uh, because there's 75 of yeah. them. Yeah, wrong like, color. Oh, what is this conveying? <laughs> yeah, right. I think Val wants me. I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> she said she's going to be late for work, but it really looks seductive. The one that I gets me in trouble, I just do yay. I just say yay, and people are like, "What's that mean?" <laughs> I was like, "Yay, I'm excited." <laughs> You're having a baby. Yay. Sometimes I'm about to text somebody and I'm like, you know what? This is going to come off in a bad direction. I just got to call them. You know, you you know how Uh, you text, you can't actually, you think this is a good text. And like, you know what? Someone might take this the wrong way. I better just call you. Do you text to tell them that you're going to call? Are you one of those guys? No, you know what I am though? I am one of those people that like, if someone texts me, I'll just call them. Can you ever get in those things where you start Mm -hmm. texting where it's like, why don't we just talk to each other? Right. I can't, I can't type as fast. So emotional. You know know what's amazing to me, too, is a lot of girls, they can text you back. Like, how do you even do this? I just sent the text, and already a paragraph came back. The bubbles come up. Well, sometimes they're on a laptop, and you can really fire off a text in return if it's connected to your laptop. Oh, the iMessage. Yeah. Like, then you can really zoom back and forth with it. But the reason I think people don't want to call anymore is because then you have to commit to being singularly focused to that conversation. But in a text, you can be like, I thought about you for five seconds. <clears throat> I'm going to think about something else for about a minute and a half. Right. You know, you know, you know, you know what's the best, the best use of emojis is when you're in a unrelenting text, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If you just give the thumbs up, that's like, dude, I'm 
do the math. I always do. That, that's, oh, a tap out. that's a tap out. Yeah. <laughs> so you see a bubble, like, oh, and more bubbles? No, not more bubbles. No. I'm done. So I do a quick thumb. Boom, you're done. Yeah. Tapped out. Yeah, the now thumb. I'm paranoid because you used now to think, like, if, if, if I ever was texting with Randy and I just wrote, ha, 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 he thought that that was like, ha, 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 now leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so now every time I type that, I always make sure I ask him, like, one more question. I'm like, I seem like I'm still No, it's good. Here. No, he's getting out. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm, like, thinking like the show. I'm like, all right, there's a laugh. Let's get out. We're done. Yeah, that's <laughs> to go Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> Gets up and leaves in the middle of a text. No, but Bill's an emojier. You'll emoji. Oh, yeah. Because he has girls. Your favorite? You have daughters. The, the, laughing, the, the laughing face. Yeah. But what? then I think he's just being nice. I'm like, he's just being nice. He put the laugh emoji there. He doesn't mean it. He's just going, thanks for the conversation. Well, I wasn't right. really like tears weren't flying out of my right. eyes. But yeah, <laughs> it's funny. What's the 100? Yeah, what is keeping that? Keeping it 100. Keep it What's 100. that? What does that mean? Totally like, honest. It's keeping it real for uh, white people. Uh, I thought it was a gang sign. <laughs> yeah. And Larry Whitmore. I thought it was a biker sign. I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you thought the, the, the biker, the pagans were going to come yes, get you? I, I, <laughs> which is another horrible show to watch. Gangland. Oh, oh, I watched oh. that on Friday afternoons on Spike. Yes, it's always on it's Fridays afternoons. Like seven episodes. Absolutely, you don't go you out afterwards, do you? You don't. No. You're like, oh. you leave here on Friday and go home and watch Gangland. Yep. Why? <laughs> she <laughs> thought it was about sis. You can't stop. If, if it's on, you watch it, right? Yes. You can't flip away from Gangland. Yeah. You hope for a commercial because you can't flip during it. <laughs> and then they follow it up with like the world's most notorious gangsters. Ugh. I, I see like I like Al that Capone stuff, but like gangs, like that does feel like you are uh, there amongst you now. When you're watching Al Capone stuff, you're like, it's romanticized a right. little bit. But when you're watching stuff about like, you know, the biker gangs who had the shootout at the at the truck stop right. in uh, Northern California, that, that feels a little less romantic and more like, well, you know, part two of the movie Mask. Well, that's why I watch Lock Up. I watch that to come down from the gang stuff. Justice because then I start thinking, hey, man, maybe I should join a gang. And I'm like, no. No. Jail then life is then you pick a back up with a thousand ways to die. <laughs> or whatever well, that shows. The one shows. she wa always watches yeah. is the monster. Monsters Inside Me. Oh, no. <laughs> Gross. I, never... I know it, and I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. She uh, keeps trying to get us to watch it's very it. very educational. Don't you think you have no. everything? Yes. Can you look? Yeah, and now you can't look at a bottle of water without what? thinking what's inside it? Yeah, the guy watching TV in the dark and a worm just crawls across his eyeball. Ah! Oh, my God. Or the guy had the tapeworm. Uh, the guy, and you have to put, like, a glass of milk out and open your mouth and be like, uh, climb out. Just okay. climb out. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, not this one. No. no, this one was the oh, other, other way. Other end. You oh. put your glass of milk at the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's on the it's on the wrong. Getting the catcher stance wrong, yeah. above a, a saucer of milk. <laughs> then he looks like one of those speak and say dolls things, like with the the pull string at the yeah. end. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> That's how you get a hernia. That's how you get rid of a hernia. <laughs> Uh, forecast today, windy and cold, flurries, low 40s for the high today. It's 30 at DVE. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back. Ian Bag is in studio with us. He's at the Improv all weekend long, 412-462-5233. Joe Bartnick is here, and he's going to jump up on stage with Ian tonight at the Improv. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to be opening for Bill Burr at the Benningham Center tomorrow night. Yes. There are two shows. Tickets still available for the second show at TrustArts.org. Bill will be live in studio with uh, both of you. The second show is always the best show, too. It yeah, did, yeah, it's always the better show. Why is the one we're going to? Because we you're a little more relaxed, mm -hmm. and it's like you have more time. It's like we have to get off. <laughs> All right, 
You know, because the first show is always like, we have to be out of here by nine o'clock. There's people else. with babysitters. Shows. <laughs> right. Yeah. For, and and it's like who who can make it to a seven o'clock show anyway? Uh, but do, do you feel that way? Three drinks in with theater shows because at the improv usually Friday late show was not the best. No. Show. Well, that was because it was at ten thirty five or see. Somewhere. I'm a different kind of comic because I love late show Friday. And to me, if, to me, if a if literally if a waitress is crying, I'm killing. Like, if there's chaos in the room, I'm having a good set. I love when things go sideways. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love drunken people. Like, it's like, those are my people. The people that come with dates and, oh, my God, we're, you, know, we're, you know, we're nice people. That's he what. likes to buy a car with frame damage. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <All> right. <laughs> Who has it? Benzie's filling in with uh, Sports Next TV. Sports. All right, with Joe Bartnick and Ian Bag live in studio, uh, our buddy Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuit with your sports this morning on DV. What's the word? The word is huge, huge hockey game. Huge Penguins in Columbus tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, this one will determine potentially who finishes second in the Metro. 96 points apiece between these two teams. They might play each other in the first round of the playoffs. Mike Sullivan says this point in the season, not finding a lot of teams trying to reinvent the wheel. And so I, I don't think... Uh, at this particular point in the season, there's any team in the league that's drastically trying to change how they play. Uh, I think they're trying to refine how they play. That, that's that's what I think. I you know I, I think when I look back on on our last couple of years, we weren't much different. We we were trying to refine our game at this particular point in the season as well. That's true, but I'd also say they changed a bunch before that first cup earlier in the season when they got super fast and they got Haglin and Schultz oh, yeah. and Daly. Like their their changes mm-hmm. came earlier. So it's a little a little different. They changed more than some other teams have tried to do these past couple years at this point in the season. Well it, it became the narrative of are they going to be tough enough in the postseason? Uh, you know, they have all the speed, but do they have enough uh, grit physicality. Right. And then they kind of all of a sudden became the the new model for everybody. Like, oh, my yeah, God, you see the speed past yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah, other people are doing it now. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're still fast, but other people might be close to as fast now. Yeah. Or faster in some cases, like maybe New Jersey. Ian Cole talks about facing his former team. He's with the Blue Jackets now. Uh, I know they're a good team. I know they've had some success in the past, but, uh, you know, right now we're we're pretty happy and, and pretty excited with, with the way we're trending. Uh, we're going to try to continue that tomorrow. We'll see if Phil Kessel can play. He's been injured lately, but keeps suiting up. Derek Broussard and Carter Rowney don't appear healthy as of yet. As for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they played against Minnesota yesterday and suffered their first loss, 7-3 against the Twins. The Reds are in town for the first of four games at PNC Park. Golf, Masters is underway. It's about an hour old. Ryan Moore birdies the first two holes for an early lead. Tiger tees off at 10.40. Phil Mickelson around 1.40. He says the golfers better be good early in the Masters this year. You cannot leave yourself too far behind. I don't see somebody coming from out of the pack on the weekend. So I think it's important to get up on the board those first few days. You've got to come out firing, play great golf, and you really can't make too many sp- mistakes this week because there are too many great players playing their best to overcome uh, any big mistakes. So Thursday, Friday is just as important as Saturday and Sunday. 12.43, that's when new superhero Tony Finau tees off. I don't know he's going to play? He's apparently going to play. He's apparently going to tee up. Did you guys see yesterday oh, the no. part three? No. The guy that oh. popped his ankle out in celebration? <laughs> no. He strokes a hole in one. He's jumping around. He's going crazy. He's kind of walking down the slope to go get the hole. He decides at that moment it would be perfect to turn around and jump some more towards the fans behind him. And he goes up and he comes down and lands the side of his foot. 
ankle totally pops out, goes down to the ground, and physically pops it back he, into his He takes, its like, his index finger and uh, ring finger, and, or middle finger, and pops it back in. So Golfers are tough. Something that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Tape it up. Put an aspirin on it. Rub some dirt on it. Um, Absolutely. I don't. If he was a baseball player, he'd be out for the next six months. It it looked like (laughs) he had done this before. Like he has an ankle. If he pushed it back in, yes. Yeah, he was just like. Well, he was a very good basketball player growing up in Utah. So my guess is he's stretched these ligaments out on a few occasions. Yeah. So it looked like the ankles just like laying. Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's just sorry. The dead Ooh. shark in the boat did nothing for you, but oh. the ankle getting popped out. Yeah. Now, that was something. Yeah. It looked like he had a prosthetic foot. Like, that's how far it went. It looked like yeah. he was standing on his shin stump. He took an extra step or two on the sprained ankle before he popped it back in there as well. And then he just balance. calls his kids like, kids, you come to me? You want to come celebrate with dad? Come I see the future. I can't, <laughs> I can't move. Help daddy to the hole to get oh, the ball out so we can man. celebrate here. So it was like a Theisman moment then? Yeah, yes. Take, didn't take, take, uh, yeah, didn't Jason Kendall Jason, break yeah, his we, ankle? Yeah, that's what we were talking about before. Jason yeah. Kendall, when he ran down first baseline at Three River Stadium, he hopped on it once or twice afterwards just to slow himself down before he face planted into the turf. That was oh. the Kendall one was the worst I've ever seen on an ankle. Joe Theismann is in a league of its own. There was a kid in college basketball. Kevin a few Ware. Years ago. Oh my god. Where that pe- was yeah. terrible. The teammates were throwing up on the side. There's two yeah. or three guys from Louisville who threw up on top of <laughs> each other. Laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> I broke my I broke my ankle here and uh, up at that, that ski hill here. What's that ski hill? Just peak and Seven peak? Springs. Yeah, uh, Seven Springs. Peak and peak. Peak and peak. Uh, Seven Springs. I was mountain biking by myself. Broke the ankle. No had way. To finished the ride. Then did a show. Oh. And then went to the hospital. Oh Hockey God. player. Yeah. And the most annoying part was I broke my phone. Uh, uh, of all of that, the yeah. one thing that was re- yeah. really, yeah. The I remember, did you get it put in cast? Uh, I, ended up, I ended up having to get put in a cast. I ended up flying home a couple days later. But I, I remember just flying off the edge of this mountain. Because I, like, I just totally missed a turn. Like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Flew off a head wall. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, how are we going to land on this? I just remember the pop. I'm like, and we're down! Oh. Check oh. to see if it's poking out. It's not poking out. We're doing okay. Oh. Do you yeah. think Nutting just took offense to him describing Seven Springs as a ski hill? No, he was thrilled. He mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Why? What do they call Free it? Free advertising. Yeah. Uh, the owner, the notoriously cheap owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, owns said hill. Yeah, you tumble down. Yeah, they don't have any snow on it. Have you thought about suing them by the chance? <laughs> no, they no. don't. That's a good idea. I, 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 you saved a lot of money on payroll, so you might be able to yeah. get a few bucks. Was it if... last year they didn't have any snow, so they were getting dump trucks at the top and pushing snow down the hill? Oh, I love that. That's yeah. how bad it was. They were just putting his money down the hill. If you lose in court, you're going to have to play first base. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably want me to win then. Uh, <laughs> if you think they're bad now, wait until the bag's on first base. Matt Burr, he signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Defensive back, uh, going to help out on special teams a lot. James Harrison says he wants to keep playing. He's a free agent. Patriots haven't retained his services yet. He wants to sign somewhere after the draft. And then lastly, I don't know if you heard the story about Drew Brees, the Saints quarterback. He's been scammed. Apparently, he bought a diamond for $8.1 million. A diamond ring for $8.1 million. He overpaid apparently by six million bucks, and Good. it's turned into this big thing about now he's trying to get his money back. Which, of course, it doesn't sound like New Orleans. Leads everybody. Yeah. No, he got it in San Diego. Oh, okay. Actually, got it in San Diego. We're uh, used to play. Should have went to Jared. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the subway guy. He would have helped them out. The subway guy. <laughs> but that leads to the joke. If there's any down. athlete that should be buying a ring, it's Ovechkin. Yeah, there you there go. You know. All right. Yeah. Ovi. <laughs> That's sports. Tim Benz filling in for uh, Pursuita. Thanks so much. More with Ian Bag and Joe Bartnick. When we- the DVE Morning Show. Ian Bag and uh, Joe Bartnick have been hanging with us all morning long. Ian's at the Improv this weekend. 412-462-5233. Improv.com. Get tickets to see Ian. And mm-hmm. Joe's with uh, Bill Burr at the Benenham Center tomorrow night. Uh, Stan Savern joining us now uh, in studio. And we were talking a little bit about it off air. The conversation we had with Mike Lang the other day. Which, by the way, folks, you can go back and listen to the entire two-part interview with Mike Lang, which spans about 45 minutes. And uh, it's on iHeart. Radio. You can download the app or go to iHeartRadio.com. But we were talking about how lucky we are for a city of this size to have as many iconic sports announcers as we've had in the respective sports. Not only Mike Lang and hockey, Jack Fleming and Myron for the Steelers for all, all those years. I mean, Bill Hillgrove has already sort of established himself uh, along those same lines as well and on that level. The Gunner, uh, certainly no slouch either. And the Gunner's predecessor. Uh, Rosie Rosewell. There you go. Is that just so a unique? Good luck, or you know? Well, I think first of all, the most iconic guys are connected to a team, because people's emotions are connected to a team, and so therefore there's a connection there, especially in baseball, because you're in their homes 162 times a year, or mm-hmm. you reach them. Uh, I think it starts with that, as opposed to uh, you know a sports anchor, you know that kind of thing. The thing that's always struck me as unusual, and I had. I have Mike on once a week, oh, once every other week. He was on yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, the thing that always strikes me as sort of odd is that Pittsburgh, in general, is a rather conservative city uh, in its uh, social outlook and all that kind of thing. Uh, and yet, the most iconic announcers were guys who were way out there. Uh, you know, Myron, unconventional, unconventional. Myron was, you know, iconoclastic. The Gunner, uh, you know, from that era, the, the era of uh, Bob Prince and Harry Carey and, you know, guys like that who were just bigger than the game. Um, today, some of these guys try to make themselves more important than the game, and it just doesn't work. And you can spell that out in a four-letter word, ESPN. Yeah. You know, they're all trying to be bigger than the story. Look at me. Uh but those guys were just bigger than life. Mike, you know, with the sayings and stuff. Uh, and I was mentioning to, to Joe earlier, also play-by-play guys are connected because they're with a team. They announce for a team. And there's already emotion. You're watching, you're listening, you know, hoping your team wins, and you connect those emotions with the announcer bringing you. Nobody gets emotional, you know, watching someone doing the sports at 11 o'clock. But the team, they're play-by-play guys or color guys in Myron's case. Uh, but I've always found it interesting that the guys who were way out there would be so revered in a city that, you know, doesn't go out there terribly often. It's not a good thing yeah. or a bad thing. It just, that's the way it is. We were talking about Myron the other day, too. Here's one of my all-time favorite Myrons later in his career. Who was that guy, the cornerback who outed Faker Brown? 35? Fuck kid. Huh? Fuck you, Brown. F-A-K-H-I-R? Is that the guy? Did I have the guy right? 35? That's the faker. You you can just call him Brown. Yeah, Tunch just breaking up there. You can just call him Brown. Uh, That wasn't the first thing that Myron 
Uh, Myron lived very much in the 30s and 40s. By the way, today is the anniversary of his last talk show. He signed no off his kidding. talk show oh, wow. today in 1995. And, and I, um, <laughs> have I been fired yet? Um, <laughs> um, How many times yes, have you, I had been. You've been fired more than anybody in this town. Exactly, but yeah. I always bounce back. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes you're... even in five days. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like you called me Sports Jesus. I was you dead are, for five you're days. You are Sports Jesus. Jesus. Stan resurrects. Yeah. Yeah. Surgeons have tried. Right. You cannot kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can use that sound bite when eventually that, that's yeah. it for me. You're in there. By the way, I want to make a point of saying that I include you in this, like, you know, pantheon. The, the the pantheon of great Pittsburgh sports personalities. It. I just. I'm wondering if we just. If every town reveres or is lucky enough to have guys of that level of talent and character, and we just are appreciative of our Pittsburgh guys, uh, like any like St. Louis would be of theirs, or is it really special? Because it feels like the latter. Stan is very special. I listen to talk sports talk everywhere around the country. Stan right. is the best. Can right. I can I put a thing in there? Yeah. I think it's because people aren't tr- here aren't trying to get to someplace else. Mm. I think they're, they're, they want to be here. Not a stepping stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think sports is important to a lot of people in a lot of cities, uh, but I've always believed that Rust Belt cities like this, if we can still call it that, uh, the Clevelands, the Detroits, the Philadelphias, the Chicagos, Sports is more important to them. It's cradle uh, to grave here. Uh, it, it, that, that's, I mean, Ian makes a good point. I mean, you know, people live here, they die here. If they do leave here, they want to come back here. They, I mean, they, they, there's always a footprint in Pittsburgh. No matter, I don't care if they move to Timbuktu, there, there's always a footprint in Pittsburgh. And so I think sports always has meant more to people here. In San Francisco, there are all kinds of entertainment options um new york obviously la Mm -hmm. and look we have a world-class symphony and you know broadway plays and musicals come in here so uh you know it's it's a very high level cultural district but sports is part of the fabric of this town and so we the teams are much more important to us and how they do um really affects our lives (laughs) you know what it's like around here on a monday if they lose Mm-hmm. Or the Penguins get knocked out of the playoffs. Thankfully, that had happened for a while. Uh, so I, I do think that, that uh, that's a major factor. And I do think that sports figures take on a higher profile that usually it's, you know, TV news anchors, although TV news audiences are dwindling. You know, generally, and once upon a time with the Bill Burns and the Paul Longs and just lost Adam Lynch, uh, a colleague of mine. Uh, Paul Long. But... I, I think the sports guys have this kind of longevity because the people they're talking to when they're 15 are they're still talking to them when they're 45. You know, yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that's that's a big factor. And again, I think that sports are just more important to the fabric of, of this community. It's what we gravitate toward. But they've also been able to wrangle people who have grown into the job and kept it and developed their own character. And like Ian said, they didn't bounce anywhere else. I mean, that, that that's a rare thing. I think. You know, I know that the reverence for sports helps that cushion. You know, I mean, certainly I've been a great, like, uh, I've benefited greatly from the DVE's audience willingness to let me suck, you know, and like on a daily basis, as a matter of fact. But, you know, they're a little <laughs> forgiving because they want, you know, at first they were like, all right. Family. Yeah. And, and, and I'm appreciating that now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> they really are understanding. Well. They kind of root for you, although I have to tell you, uh, my first couple years here were difficult. 
uh, only because I was working in Orlando, Florida, before I got my first job in Pittsburgh. Uh, by the way, at the same station I'm working at now, so that's proof that uh, in 42 years my career's gone absolutely nowhere. I'm <laughs> <laughs> in the same place. Um, but when I first came here, there were people who legitimately, legitimately thought that I was a spy for the Browns when they found out that originally I was from Cleveland, even though I hadn't lived there for 10 years. Stan, I hate uh, to break it to you, but the jury is still out. Still out. <laughs> well, there's very few places left for me to go on the dial. I've been running and hiding. Uh, catch them if you can. That's going to be that's gonna be on my, my tombstone. Catch them if you can. But there were people who really did think that way, and I remember Sam Nover, um, who's still doing – I've been retired for 10, 11 years, living in Florida now for the most part – Kind of took me under his wing, even though I was two feet taller than he was. Uh, and he said, it's going to take them two, three years for them to accept you here. And I said, why? You turn on the radio, either like me or you don't. He said, trust me. He said, that's just the way. It's very provincial. And you've got to prove to them that you're one of them. And I don't know how long you know it took, yeah. um, but it did take some time. No matter what I said on the air, it had nothing to do with it. It was just a matter of saying, uh, I guess he's all right. I guess he's not really a spy. Well, those other names You're a horrible we... spy if you are. But... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those other names we mentioned are, you know, it's specifically radio. But you were the first person with Guy Junker, Sportsbeat, the dawn of cable television and sports on cable television here in Pittsburgh. I mean, Sportsbeat. Oh, yeah, that was huge. That is that is the, uh, uh, you know, Mesopotamia of television sports analysis well you got the first syllable right yeah um (laughs) mess it uh it it was it was unique i mean talk radio uh, was always a big staple of pittsburgh i think that's another way that you judge how interested a town is in sports is talk radio and it's a relatively new phenomenon because it changed dramatically with the advent of the cell phone you know back Mm -hmm. in the day when myron and i were back to back on 1250 People actually sat in their homes, and they listened to AM radio (laughs) at night for three hours and with their little rotary phones dialed in to call in. When cell phones came about, that's why you have 24-hour sports talk now because people are able to get you. Uh, not the only through the phone, and, yeah. but to call, and you know, so it, it's viable all day long. It used to be that uh, twelve fifty was music all day, and then, then Myron would come on at six, and then I'd come on at eight, and uh, for a while, Bruce Kaiden followed, George von Benko followed, you know, six hours of sports talk, uh, and and I I really think that there was such interest in that. Other stations began to pop up, and then when I became available. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, paired up with Guy, and uh, Sportsbeat had already actually been on the air for a year oh, with no Guy kidding. and Bob Pompiani. When I came aboard, um, they decided to pair me and, and Guy together, and it was really a radio show on television. It was mm-hmm. single camera. Because of where we were operating, we were just we were out of WPXI at that time at the old building up in Fineview, Um and we had one camera. We had no tape capability. So was KBL not the original home? Yes, it was. It was. It was yeah. KBL when I when I joined there, and uh, Sportsbeat had been on the air. But Guy and I teamed up in February of 1992, uh, and there it, it was pretty stark. I mean, there was one camera, and the same thing was true for Hockey Hotline and Talking Bucks. We, yeah. we did carry the hockey and baseball games. 
And I think what really put us on the map, and Cope even would, would mention this, he said, look, he said, I caught a wave when the Steelers got great in 1972. And he, and he also developed the terrible towel, which you All know, that kind of thing, sure, of course. And took advantage, he took advantage of the Steeler frenzy, and he was a leader, but he admitted that he was you know, on the coattails of the beginnings of the dynasty. He said, you two, talking to me and Guy, he said, with your sports beat show, it wasn't only the sports beat, because that gave it, it was more than just, at that point, it was a sports music. They used to show cartoons up until 6 o'clock, and then all of a sudden games would come on, you know, or, or they'd mm-hmm. actually be in bars. They'd, they wouldn't broadcast 24 hours a day, and all of a sudden a game would come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sportsbeat gave it sort of a platform to get into right. the games. And then when we started talking Bucks and Hockey Hotline, that kind of gave the, it, it, sort of a network that it was more than just turn on the game and then turn it off when the game was over. And Cope said, he said, you guys caught the Penguins on the wave of the first cup because we started Hockey Hotline um, at just, just after they had won the first cup. And then, of course, they won the second one in 92. Mm-hmm. And remember what happened in 93. And he said, all of a sudden, you guys were lifted by the profile of the Penguins. Yeah. Sports beat, hockey hotline, pregame, postgame, all that kind of stuff. And it was unique. And I, I honestly think when all is said and done, whatever that you know, could be tomorrow morning for all I know, could be this afternoon for all I know, um, of all the things, the anchoring Channel 4, and I did play-by-play with the Steelers and um, all that stuff, I, I really think that people will say, yeah, he – he was the co-host of Sportsbeat because it was guy. kind of a pioneer Love thing. The show. But the one thing about the you know the commonality between those shows was there was the the Pittsburgh caller. Oh my god, that's that, one thing that has not changed no. for any call-in show. <laughs> yeah, that and and your handling of that is is really such a big part of the show's legacy because. Uh, Pittsburghers have uh, some unique perspectives sometimes, and they may accuse they you angry? of being a spy for for are the other. Oh, yeah, talk yeah. shows are much better. I, I don't know about better, um, but they're much more provocative when people are unhappy. And to give you an example, um, Myron used to get killer ratings naturally, and I kind of wrote his coattails because I was on right after he was, and there was a built-in audience that he built up. But I remember the highest ratings either of us ever got was the year after the fourth Super Bowl when they did not make the playoffs. Then you know we you know we rode that through when they were making the playoffs and winning Super Bowls and you know whatever. But the first year they did not make the playoffs in nineteen eighty was the highest ratings either of us ever oh, got. Yeah. Sure. Because you know winning's Talk okay but bitching down. about not winning is <laughs> right. much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the the ratings reflected it. Stan who's on the show today? Uh, speaking of the aforementioned Guy Junker, Guy and I are together every Thursday from 1 until 2, so he'll be on today. Um, another Pittsburgh icon, Mark Madden, will join me. We're going to be talking about the the weather. I mean, Major League Baseball is getting exactly what it deserves. You want to start the season in March? Good. People are sitting there frosting. Thank you. Including the pregame host, by the way. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about who ought to be the NHL MVP. There was a recent poll out. Gino was third. And how big a game is it tonight? How important is it for the Penguins to get home ice? If they doesn't guarantee it tonight, but it's a big leg up if they beat Columbus tonight. It's funny though because you hear like, oh, it's very important for them to uh, get get the home ice for the for the playoffs, and then in the same breath, someone will be like, but you know, this is a team that flips the switch, and they're a completely different team as soon as the postseason starts. 
And it's like, well, then it doesn't matter if they get home ice. If they're going to do some flip switching. Guarantee switch, you. Switch flipping. <laughs> whoever loses tonight will say, that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> whoever loses. But in the matter. back of their mind, they'll be thinking, oh, this matters. It matters. No. Especially if it's Tortorella. Tortorella. <laughs> Everything matters for Tortorella, but for Penguins, no. No? I like when I was in Vancouver and I went and seen uh, the Penguins practice, uh, pregame practice. Just, uh-huh. When that team comes out onto the ice, it's a completely... I like watch both teams practice, and it's just a different vibe completely. Yeah. It's just... Mm-hmm. And they and they got spanked that night. It's still a different vibe. <laughs> Phil, Phil Kessel flying around out there. Well, stopping by, talking to people. <laughs> Looking beautiful. Taking pictures. <laughs> He's the best. Who doesn't love Phil the I voted for him for president. Did you? Absolutely. You wrote it in? You're the one that ruined Phil the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault. Joe Bartnick and uh, Ian back. You'll be back tomorrow. Ian's at the Improv tonight. And Joe's going to sit in with him. He's going to pop in and do a set uh, at the Improv tonight. He'll also be with Bill Burr tomorrow at the Benenham Center. Tickets are still available for that second show. And Ian is there all weekend at the Improv. Make sure you get out to see Ian. He'll be back tomorrow along with Joe and Bill Burr live in studio. And Jim Brewer is going to give us a shout, too. So tomorrow's show is packed. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.